Hello and welcome to episode 300 of Watch Out for Fireballs. 300. Thank you, Mitch, for sponsoring Dragon Age 2, and thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for 300 episodes. Here's to probably 20 more, I don't know. Ah, just kidding. Uh, thanks, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Oh, and also, Duckstream is December 18th. That weekend, 48 hours, in service of the Transactive Gender Project. Uh, head on over to duckfeed.tv slash duckstream for more details. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week on episode 300 of our show, we are talking about the uh, final act of Dragon Age 2 and the DLCs for this game. Hey, Cole. Yeah? Cole, this is Sparta. You caught me off guard. You know, oh, you know I, that, I, I like, shouldn't have taken uh, a drink there. Damn those Persians! Ooh. 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 Oh man, I oh. hate those swarthy devils. Oh, I need to put um, that. I'm out. Frank Ooh. Miller, and my politics are disgusting. Let me put down my let me put down my coffee here. That was that was dangerous. <laughs> you almost owe me a new keyboard, there, buddy. Dude, well, that's when it comes to 300. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, the guy gets in the pit uh-huh oh yeah no i was playing mortal shell and uh one of the like achievements that was being dangled in my face was called this is sparta and it involved kicking uh uh k- k- kicking a dude off a ledge so Man, uh still alive you, and well you know who likes that stuff when when uh achievements do that that kind of reference thing is will he does he it, okay yeah i was we were complaining about it when we did tyranny last year Yes. And he was like, no, it's good when achievements do that. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, who are you? <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, damn those bisexually coded devils in the Persian army. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, this is episode 300, uh, a momentous, uh, yeah. momentous day, Dragon Age 2. Um, yeah, we're wrapping up our, our coverage. Um, and, uh, next episode is our premium episode, which is going to be on Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, thanks for sticking with us for 300 episodes, everybody. I know it's, uh, it, it is a, a big milestone because of the way we apportion out episodes. We could make this a big milestone up. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's super great. I love doing the show. I think the, the big milestone one is a 303. Yes. Or three. Yeah. Like 304 rather, mm-hmm. I think is going to be our official, like big game. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of milestone game. Yep. Um, but this is, you know, also has its charms. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Act 3 here. Um, and after killing the Asherok, 
uh, Aeroshock, uh, Hawk has been made the champion of Kirkwall mm-hmm. and has become uh, the most important person in the city. There are statues to you now. And uh, the, uh, the only person slightly more important or powerful is Knight Commander Meredith, who is kind of acting as temporary Viscount since the Viscount was deheaded. Yes, uh, since his mama had a baby and its head popped off. Yeah, there is a big power vacuum and the Templars have stepped in and this is not doing so great for the mages who were already pretty, uh, pr- pr- pretty under, pretty under the thumb. Meredith was being mm-hmm. unreasonable before, but now she is using her power to squeeze the mages harder, going after not only apostates, but also uh, getting real suspicious about blood mages in their and in, in their ranks. And of course, yeah. when you press down on people, they only press up harder. The mages have started resisting more, and the cycle has been escalating for three years. Yeah, it's like a McCarthyism, yeah, kind of thing. Like, have you or have you ever been known to associate with blood mages? Um, Orsino, uh, we start off the the act. Orsino is giving an address on the chantry sh- uh, steps, calling for Meredith to step aside for a new viscount. Mm-hmm. And Meredith comes and has him arrested, <laughs> uh, which is a good way to deal with your political enemies. Like, yeah. you know. The beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> yeah. um, and we just happen to show up. Right. Uh, the beginning of this act is a little, a little ramshackle. Like, why today? What mm-hmm. is this? Um, and we, we argue. We have a choice of who we side with or we can attempt to be neutral um, here. Um, I side with the mages because I don't think that we should be under martial law. Uh-huh. Uh, here, like, we're going to get to where this game makes it hard to side with anybody. Mm-hmm. But initially, it's, you know, Orsino is being pretty reasonable yeah. about this whole thing. Like, this is not this is not democratic, right? Like, a thing that the Viscount was talking about was all of this kind of just court politics about, you know, do I have a mandate from the people, etc. So, like, he was there because people wanted him there. And the fact that just the, the 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 chantry can come in and say, "All right, well, this is going to be a military theocracy." That's not tenable. So I take that. Yeah. I, I take that position as well. Yeah, and the grand cleric does the one thing she does in the game, which is <laughs> defuse this specific argument. Yes. Um, <laughs> she, says, she pops up as the the wise voice of centrism. Uh huh. Perhaps good things are also bad, and bad things are also good. Says the wise man, <laughs> um, saying that Orsino is unwise to raise the temperature, and Meredith is out of line to call mm-hmm. for violence. Uh, and uh, yeah, and she's you. Know, she kind of cons- consults with you, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're on this train, and things are just going to get shittier. Yeah, shittier. this is this is only going to get worse. And so this is the, 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 the status quo that we have, the untenable status quo at the beginning of Act 3, which is pretty short. You, like, you do, yeah. a, you do a mission for the, for the Templars, a mission for the mages, just to, like, get a sense for their leadership style. <laughs> and basically it's each of them trying to make a case to you, and then it draws uh, to, a, uh, to, a, to a hasty close. The first one that we get uh, through a letter that is sent to our house is uh, a quest called On the Loose where Knight Commander Meredith has summoned me to the gallows, uh, saying, hey, several mages have escaped, um, and they were helped by some Templars who destroyed their phylacteries, the vials of blood that would be used to uh, to track them. Kind of like that they, they yes. kept as leverage in case they go rogue. Yes. See this uh, month's episode of Adaptation Decay. Yeah. To learn about the magic tracking device. Um, so Meredith is basically having you do this as, like, to, to patronize you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, to, to show you, like, if you go hunt down these people, you'll see how dangerous they are and you'll 
agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time I played this, I played through as a mage and it's super weird because she barely contains her rage for you. But for some reason, like <laughs> even before this, like, you know, yet now that you're the champion, it would be political suicide to, to try to arrest you. Mm-hmm. But even before this, she's just like, mm, Dexter, I can't believe you're serial killing those serial killers. <laughs> uh, you know, like she, and I don't understand why she shows restraint against you, whereas she just calls for like war crimes uni- unilaterally. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until this point it should like threaten you if you're a mage i was playing as a mage this time and you know she's she, she's like you know i've looked the other way so far but if you do not it's like okay well yeah mm, gumshoe <laughs> you're gonna get that carmen san diego um yeah it's it's a you know and this is you know again this teach you a lesson you get the details from her assistant which is a tranquil mm-hmm. um and you can be like oh you have a, a tranquil as an assistant and it's like she thought i would be good at this uh <laughs> and it's just real dark shit to like have a a robot slave yeah as an ex-mage like this is so villainous mm-hmm. meredith is so fucking dumb um so the the first uh, thing we're going to go fight an elf with the name huan um, he's actually the original Japanese version. He was remade in America as the Hudge. Um, did that joke crack? <laughs> yeah, it did. I laugh. Okay. I laugh. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, every way text one if that joke worked. Um, but he's uh, from, from an alienage, uh, and he was married to a seamstress in Lowtown. Um, we don't know where he is, but we know where the seamstress is, mm-hmm. and we can go visit the seamstress. Yeah. Uh, you can go visit her and say, hey, you, you know, it's kind of weird that you're coming by here. The Templars already came by, and I told them the truth. But in the time since they came, Yuan actually came back uh, and showed up, and he's he's different. He's talking yeah. about showing true elven power and said that he would be back, uh, b- back later that night. So, oops. Yep. Uh, so you show up at night, uh, and you have to show up too late. It's not like, Hey, I can kind of hang out with you and protect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to show up after you've been stabbed. Um, you know, uh, Huan gives wife harm and then summons, uh, shades to attack you. Um, and is like giving villain speeches. Yeah. Uh, then we do another one <laughs> uh, where it is also like a jerk. Yes. Uh, but this is a more, a more benign. Oh, no, this is the good one. Yeah. yeah you do this these in the, any order. Yeah. This is the rich boy. It's, Two bads and a good. <laughs> yeah, so I went after uh, Emil, uh, who is the son of a noble from Hightown. Uh, you can go and talk to his extremely Orlesian parents. Remember, remember Orle mm-hmm. is coded as, as 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 French. So, like, just mm-hmm. the, the the wife is a is a lady of leisure, and the husband's a man of fiery passion and lasciviousness, or whatever. <laughs> uh, and she lies, saying, "Oh, Emil never came by." And the father comes in and tells the truth. He came by asking for money, um, and they're disgraced because he's been spending he's been spending his days down at that awful dive, the Hanged Man. It's the city bar, the yeah. city's one bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you go and visit him. He is like day drunk, and he's c- telling women that he's a blood mage as a pickup line, which is very <laughs> funny. Like that is a cultural thing I wish had been explored more in this game. Yeah, That's the kind of like detail. I'm dangerous, baby. Uh, you want. never know when I might be a demon. In the sack. Yeah, yeah it's a totally. Like, <laughs> you, I think that'd be very funny. Um, you know, so we, we tell him, like, hey, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to get killed. Have you not seen Meredith? She walks around punching mages in the dick, like, all day. Uh-huh. It, it's real bad. And if you're a blood mage, she, you know, it's worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know he, he he hears this and he's like oh i don't you know i have no idea what i'm supposed to do and you know, i was taken to the circle when i was six 
you know, and I've been kept in that tower and I never, I never really got to live. Uh, you have a couple of different options for what to do with them, including kill the kill him. But the reasonable thing seems to say, hey, you have money from your parents. You need to get the fuck out of Kirkwall because it's bad for mages, but it's especially bad here. It's going to get worse, too. Yes. Yeah. And then we get another evil uh, character, Evelina, who is a refugee from Freldon, surrendered to the circle immediately upon um, arriving. But now she's considered a very dangerous escapee. Um, she's hiding out in Darktown, and we talk to her roommates, these uh, little ragamuffins, who are children, and they're like, oh, she came back different. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really angry. And when the Templars came after her, she killed them. And it still so far seems like reasonable. And I was thinking it was going to be like, oh, here's the evil elf mage totally taken over. Here's the innocent kid, and here's the justified mage. Mm-hmm. But no, she's just a full abomination. Yeah. You go down there, and she's like, you children have been very bad, uh, <laughs> and turns into a monster, and you, uh, she wants to take over Kirkwall and yes. make it some kind of haunted orphanage, uh, <laughs> so you kill her. Right. Uh, and you go back to her, uh, you go back to Meredith's office, say, hey, two mages are dead. I was honest and I said, I let one of them escape. Um, and then I use this as an opportunity to uh, to make my appeal to her saying, hey, you've gone too far. And all this does is get me kicked out of her office. Yeah. Uh, I, I told her that the last mage died just because I didn't want her sending out people. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> hunting after, uh, what's his head? Mm-hmm. Emil. Uh, but same, same results. Yeah. Um, we also do a main quest for Orsino called best served cold. I love that Orsino's uh, office is right across the hall from Meredith. <laughs> the original odd couple, they have to draw, they have to like put a white line across the chantry uh, to divide it in half <laughs> for their sides. Like I was expecting them to fall in love, like, uh, Jack Donaghy and, and the, the liberal woman he falls in love with. Uh-huh. And, uh, 30 rock or something uh but in fact they both just turn into monsters right right literally so, li- literally yeah. <laughs> so no. or, one know, of which you can bring statues to life <laughs> so fucking dumb. fucking end of this game <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so <laughs> first gender orsino uh kind of the leader of the circle here he sends a, he sends a letter saying hey i need your help i've caught wind of some mages who are leaving the tower at night um, going out for night trips. He knows that there is some kind of plot to rebel, uh, but he wants to resolve it quietly and also determine if they're using blood magic. Uh, you know, he is not in favor of blood magic. It is this desperate measure that mages turn to that makes them extra susceptible to uh, demons, but also like if they're shown to be doing this and it proves Meredith right. Yeah. And she, this is the first mention of something that she can do called the right of annulment, which is just killing every mage. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not really like the right of annulment. Uh, it's just, it's just a massacre yeah. of a whole class of people. Um, we go to the meeting and it's mages and Templars uh, all hanging out. They attack on site. Um, so we don't get to talk to them, but we find a letter on one of them talking about a meeting place in a warehouse on the docks. Mm-hmm. Um, we head there and then Kieran, a uh, Templar, uh, shows up. And mm-hmm. ask us to stop. Yes. Um, he says, hey, uh, we wouldn't have taken our hostage that we did uh, if uh, we knew that you were going to be the one who was coming after us. Right. Like, well, you know, all that we heard was, you know, the the, the, the circle was sending somebody for me. Uh, they captured Carver. Who did they capture mm-hmm. for you? Uh, Aveline. Aveline. Who had okay. no romantic interest, romantic interest, but had maxed out friendship. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I wasn't using her in the party at the time. I'm very curious as you know, who they would have captured mm-hmm. if I would have had Aveline with me. Yeah. Um, you know, 
If your friendship uh, isn't high enough with anybody, they capture Barrett. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so we head over there. The conspiracy is being kind of assembled by this guy named Thrask to unseat Meredith before she declares open war on the mages. Yeah, this is Good. the sympathetic Templar who was working with you behind the scenes to kind of do basically what you're doing here, like go and talk mages into having some sense. You know, mm-hmm. he he has been he has been radicalized into a liberation as into an abolitionist here. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, because there's there is no uh, peaceful path when we head out uh, to the wounded coast to meet them. Um, there are a bunch of apostates who have been raising corpses and doing blood magic. And we run into Samson, who was uh, the one who originally almost stopped Fenriel's escape. Mm-hmm. Um, he's abandoning the cause because the mages always turn to blood magic. Right. And they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we go down to the beach. Um, our uh, buddy, our kidnapped buddy, is unconscious on the ground. Uh, Thrask is there. And so is Grace, uh, who is the right-hand woman of Decimus, if we recall. Yeah. And Elaine, the mage who left Decimus because of his use of blood magic, if we recall them from Act 2. Yes, these were the mages who were hiding out in a cave. Um, and, you know, I went down, um, tried to get them to escape, and that led to a, a, a slaughter of a bunch of Templars. That's what caused Thrast to leave to leave, to leave the order. Um, the group here believes that I'm working for Meredith. Um, I can only convince Thrask otherwise. But uh, but Grace, the second hand to, uh, to Decimus, comes forward and says, you know, okay, this is fucked no matter what. No compromises. Mages can never live under Chantry laws. Decimus was right. Yes. Um, so big fight, obviously. Um, you know, afterwards, Cullen shows up um and just kind of cements the fact that like everyone knows about this mm-hmm. uh, meredith knows about this as well like the 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 pl- the fix is in mm-hmm. by this point like you're 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 just going through the motions for this whole thing yeah yeah not only um, has meredith then, already made up her mind but you've given her everything that she needs to justify it yeah um there are a bunch of side quests and then there's the final quest mm-hmm. of this. So we're gonna do side quests and then we'll do the end of the act before getting to the DLCs. Yeah. Uh the first one is a uh, little, you know, cameo appearance from Dragon Age One. Um an Antivan noble in Hightown asks you to help him hunt an elvish assassin who is hiding out among the Dalish. Um, he gives you one lead, a friend of his, when mm-hmm. you go to the Dalish camp, that contact says the ha- the assassin's in a cave and he wasn't, you know, he said not to hide it. Right, um, he doesn't want right. the people to get in trouble. He said, like, don't try to hide me. Yes. Right, so somebody comes, just send them my way. I'll deal with them. There's no reason the Dalish yes. need to be need to be slaughtered because of this. Um, so you go up uh, and go through the cave again. This is uh, the old faithful, the Sundermount mm-hmm. cave with the spiders and the big lizard spider thing the four-legged i yeah, forget what it's that called one, like creature that had a name before but now he's back <laughs> apparently there's two yes so. it's kind of a jaws the revenge kind of thing because it's a mother yeah 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 that, uh, that would make sense yeah make perfect uh, sense uh but at the end who do you find but zebran the uh the elvish assassin from the first game uh who i didn't like there but i think is fun here i i remember really disliking Mm-hmm. Uh, him in Dragon Age Origins because it felt to me like, and it's it's not like this is not an identity that I can claim or anything, but it felt by Beatty to okay. me. Like it felt like the kind of thing where like the way that Bioware's you know like everyone can have sex with everyone mm-hmm. as part of a selling point. Like he Zevron always felt like that as a character to me. 
Yeah. Like, like he was there to hit on you regardless of your gender and talk about being bi. And that's cool. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not into bi erasure or anything. It was just like this sexy assassin character was really obnoxious Yeah. Uh, to me. Mm-hmm. And here he's a little bit more fun. He's a little bit more self-aware mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, you know, he says that he's, uh, you know, the guard hired him to be a crow and the assassin, uh, you know, an Antivan crow, this order of assassins, um, the assassins are hunting him because he left the gang Yes, and you can either try to, you can fight him or dismiss him or believe him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you believe him, you know, he's, you go to clear out the Antivan camp where you've been, you know, double crossed, like you've been hired under false pretenses and, uh, they drop the act and Zevran shows up to help you fight. Uh, which includes my favorite thing about Zevran is after you do the fight, uh, when you talk to him, he goes, go pick up any loot that you want, then come talk to me again. <laughs> and I was just like, thanks. You Thank know? you, buddy. Yeah, then we'll teleport out. Thank you for being <laughs> being aware of the, the game flow of this, this game. Yeah. Uh, Zevran will, will only show up here if you did not kill him toward the end of uh, of, of, of Dragon Age 1. You have to have his, uh, have his favor up pretty high for him not to double cross you for coin. Um, also at the end of this, because he is this hypersexual guy, I had, um, I had, um, uh, Isabella here, they have a history. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this will be fun. I just kind of was, cause I wasn't taking this seriously. I was like, you know, what happens if, you know, if I just leaned into the sexiness of this, just go full gross Bioware, like you start like all three of you start hitting on each other. And I had Aveline and, um, uh, uh, Anders there. And they were like, Oh, I did not need to see that too much information. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Check please. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, whenever you've like just killed a bunch of people who are trying to enslave you yeah, and you're just like literally covered with the gore and intestines of your enemies, mm-hmm. it's never the wrong time to just throw some hornicules into the air. Well, you're not going to get any more dirty, so you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a shower anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is a hard fight actually, because like, you know, the enemies are, they, they fall into different like classifications. They're like commanders and assassins and stuff like that. And they can be mixed and matched. There are a number of commander assassins in this. Um, and, uh, like this is kind of one of the only times where enemies will like flank you because there are enough of them to get around you. The camp event even grows is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a, a assassin type character myself, I was always able to teleport out of those, Oh yeah. those zones. Um, but I can understand if you didn't have tons of mobility, it being pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, the end of the mine arc happens, mm-hmm. uh, Hubert flags you down. Uh, and says, hey, like a mine cart came back from the mines loaded with just dead bodies. Um, <laughs> you know, the horse drawing the cart was the only survivor. Yeah. <laughs> just, who loaded the bodies? <laughs> the, the horse. Okay. <laughs> like, well, like, it took him all sense, day, but, but... Yeah. Um, no, they, they all decided to die on the cart because they yeah. wanted to make sure they were avenged. <laughs> so they crawled onto the cart as their last act. <laughs> Um, he says, you'll get to the bottom of it cause you own this, this mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to the bone pit, uh, the culprit is our, our one non DLC dragon fight yep. in this game or high dragon, like real dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really disappointed in this. I remember the <sighs> dragon fights from dragon age origins being really cool. Yeah. That Flemeth fight, man. Yeah. Like really cool. Uh, but God does dragon age to love having somebody fly off to an invincible zone to summon mooks mm-hmm. at you. Uh, and we get more boss fights in these DLCs and it happens there as well. Yeah. 
it's kind of their one trick and i don't care for it it feels patty to me yeah, yeah. It's, it's very artificial like the the reason why you can't get up to where he flies off is because a big flaming barricade just sprung into life behind you when yeah. you get down into his boss arena um when he's up there too in addition to seeking uh seeking these dragonlings and smaller dragons on you he like coughs up meteors mm-hmm. on you uh basically which are really like my companions were not doing a good job of getting out of the way of no no pretty consistent so i had to babysit their health a lot like i found this pretty annoying yeah. it was more challenging than most of the fights it took longer but mm-hmm. it wasn't like the dragon fights in dragon age origins or Baldur's gate 2 yeah where you like where you're dealing with just a ton of spells a ton of status effects trying to overcome uh debuffs and things like that like really needing to use every single one of your abilities to kind of get past yeah. that to even begin doing damage to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. Like mm-hmm. you want to be stretched to your limit, you know, with a big kind of optional boss like this. Yeah. So, um, um you go back yeah. to Hubert and, you know, because he's always been a piece of shit, he's more concerned about the fate of the equipment than the workers who died. Um, he says, mm-hmm. "Yo, I can't pay you. And I give him a fuck you. I say, Hey, it was never about, about the money. I wanted to protect Kirkwall and the workers and we couldn't make that happen. Then he swears an Orlesian and leaves. So I, I, I like, uh, if I was playing was, you know, Gary sarcasm instead mm-hmm. of Bioware sarcasm in this, I think it'd be really funny to light, load up a bunch of mine equipment and tools mm-hmm. onto a cart and then have it dragged back. <laughs> Uh, by like a pickaxe yeah. <laughs> so you'd care <laughs> um i i asked for the mine he just gave me the mine oh nothing cool. comes of it i just wanted to own some property well you, you know um, i was diversifying yeah property is the only true wealth yeah yeah yep. i want to be able to vote in this town <laughs> um so there's a little side quest for uh sebastian uh called faith um we head over and meet him he's arguing with the high cleric uh in the chantry um because the mage conflict is reaching its boiling point and the divine has a secret agent sister nightingale who wants to discuss it yes uh this sister nightingale this is a pretty big deal uh she's Mm -hmm. the she she is only sent out um in order to do like dirty work things that the the the, um the divine does not uh does not want to be seen doing um and um the high cleric she does not believe that they can convince them to stop this holy war basically if this goes badly not only do we have the templars doing this annulment but we we definitely are going to have um we're going to have the, the 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 broader chantry leading a holy war on us but we need to give it a try to stop it yeah uh so they're in the viscount's keep we head up there uh to meet her and of course there are blood mages uh and demons and we fight those because that's basically all we fight in this act right (laughs) um sister nightingale appears and helps us and turns out this is a famous dragon age character this is liliana Mm -hmm. um you know from dragon age one two and three yeah um and she's working for the divine and this is a weird i didn't remember this from my first playthrough mm-hmm. um this quest i don't think i did why well, i didn't do it because i didn't have sebastian right right um this is this is a dlc quest technically mm-hmm. um the blood mages are part of a magic fraternity called the resolutionist and they're accelerationists they're trying to incite rebellion within the circle mm-hmm. um and she drops a lot of like interesting but frustrating things about the central conflict of dragon age 2 mm-hmm. like basically like there are outside agitators yes who are coming in this isn't just something that's happening in a kirkwall like this is literally this conflict that's happening is being engineered from the outside as well mm-hmm. 
you know. Yeah, and we only ever see it in the Kirkwall context. Yeah. 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 So I mean, and and this this kind of ends up being. I mean, functionally the same as another late plot reveal. Basically, Meredith is not in her right mind, um, where just <laughs> like this is not really like uh, an actual like discussion or conflict of ideology. Like no, this no one is, has agency. Yeah, yeah. Like the like the, 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 this is the, the, this is nefarious forces on, on on all sides, which is really frustrating. Yeah, you, you can't really do an interesting political story when no one has agency. Yes. You know, um, it's like essentially like everyone's whacked out of their minds on drugs. Right. You know, like would Lord of the Rings work if everybody had a one ring whispering to them? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's what this game is. Like the central conflict is dumb as shit. Yeah. Um, and I want it to the, be good because it has potential to be good. It has a good scale. Uh-huh. You know, has a, it, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, so the, the resolutionist attempted to assassinate an agent of the divine. Uh, they heard one was coming, um, you know, so she's going to report back. It's not going to be good. Uh, yes. The divine sees this coming conflict as the biggest threat since the Canari. Right. And steps will be taken. Mm-hmm. And the divine sends down word through Liliana that, yeah, um, high cleric, you need to get out of there because we can't guarantee that you're going to be safe when we come a knocking. Um, and by yeah. come and knocking, we mean uh, with a battering ram. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but she does not want to leave. Right. Like, you know, my place is here. Um, you can't get her to leave. No. Like, she she can't leave. But uh, depending on whether you encourage her or not, Sebastian will have feelings about it. Yes. Uh, and my, my opinion on this was, like, it's literally your choice. You are a leader here. You know, you have heard what your boss wants you to do. And you're an adult. So, that's how I felt. Um, yeah, Sebastian's kind of a jerk. Uh, yeah, I don't like um, him very much. He's not a very likable character. And, you know, ranged rogue is uh, like a, a position that only gets covered by one of the DLCs. Mm-hmm. Or it's covered by two of the three DLCs. Right. Um, but isn't part of the main game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can well, see him having Varric. a part in somebody else's party. Oh yeah, Varric. Yeah, I guess there are three ranged rogues, two of which are in the DLC. You're right. <laughs> the um yeah, I forgot about Varric. Yeah. Fucking A. Um <laughs> The next quest is Justice. Um Ander this is the Anders arc in this, and like what happens with Anders becoming more of an extremist, like people who are listening to this probably know what happens at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. Is something I was thinking about this, uh, is something that's really poorly served by the time jumps. Yes. Agreed. This. Like the idea of him subtly turning into a more of insufferable and like justice taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting and is viable, mm-hmm. but we just don't see it enough. We're just seeing these keyframes of the character turn. Right. Um, and it ends up feeling like jarring and weird. Like this time around when I was expecting it, I was able to fill in more of the blanks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real weird. Like, this time, you know, the first time I played this, I was like, Anders is a fucking idiot, or Sino's a fucking idiot. Meredith's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and this time when I played it, I was like, no, Anders makes sense, but the other two fucking suck. Yes. <laughs> like, Anders is still an idiot, and he's a monster. Like, yeah. I'm not supporting his act, but he made sense from a character, like, equation perspective. Right, you know? right. You know, like, we had seen the track being laid with, with with Anders, and he's not that dissimilar from the others. You know, people who, again, have no agency. He has, you know, he has justice views to him and the line between them is both you know completely disappeared and justice has turned into vengeance 
um in all but name basically yeah um yeah the 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 time skip actually makes a lot of sense because like you you, basically all of his development gets relegated to um like exposition dialogue if you choose to see it so you know he can talk about like you know i try to protect you from the from this but i am doing an awful lot of work you know with these resistance groups um and you just kind of need to take my word that we have our hearts in the right place right yeah and it was extra hard because i was super good friends with them yeah at this point but nothing really happens with Mm -hmm. that like it didn't you know it doesn't change anything because the plots of dragon age 2 have to happen you know the stories um this quest his personal quest here is he you meet him in the clinic and he said like hey it was wrong for me to take injustice i've researched this to vendor potion that'll exercise this from me but i need you to help me get the reagents yeah um one of which is salapetre or saltpeter (laughs) Uh, one of which is drake stone um Uh, and we go into a couple done (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dragon shit, uh, which, you know, if you know about explosives, right. this is making an explosive. This this is so cool. I, I, I really like this. I like the way that they that they just drop that hint very obviously, but don't underline it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy that, um, yeah. you know, especially because, you know, I know where this is going and I went along with all of this. I basically said yes to ju- yes to Anders when I wouldn't because I wanted to see all of the hints that they gave. Because there's yeah. no way that, you know, if, if you don't help him, you don't avert the actual thing that's going to happen. No, he just does it without you. He doesn't yeah. need to help. <laughs> uh, but you get the, uh, you get the Salapetre, you get the, uh, the Saltpeter uh, down in the sewers, uh, you know, just combat dungeon. You've got to go and inspect all of these uh, deposits of shit in order to get what you need mm-hmm. inside of it. Um, and the, the Drake stone uh, is up in the bone pit. Uh, you inspect more yeah. shit to get my son who owns a mine downtown. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you go check that out. When you get back to the clinic, he says, there's one last thing you have to do for me. Distract the grand cleric so I can get into the chantry. Um, and you're like, why? And he's like, can't tell you. Uh-huh. And you're like, please, you have to let me in. I'm your friend. And he's like, mm, yeah. no, just trust me. Yeah. Uh, and this was, you know, I was going along with it as well. Yeah. Uh, but also at this point, like nobody would, this is so fucking weird and artificial. Like if you're role playing, why would you mm-hmm. go along with this? Like it's yeah. so silly. Um, you go and you talk to the grand cleric. Um, and I tell her the same thing. I was a jackass, but I was telling her to step in. It's like for, for love of God, like do yeah. something, mm-hmm. you know, you have power here and you're not exercising it. Power is worthless. If you don't do anything with it, mm-hmm. um, nothing happens, but Anders comes out and, uh, says like, he's done. Uh, and the cleric says, you have a troubled soul. I hope you found a balm here. <laughs> he's like, well, I left a, a balm here. Uh, <laughs> tiger balm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, not very subtle at all. A balm. Um, yeah. So after this, you go back to the clinic. Um, and Anders tells you, uh, oh, you're a, you're a better friend than I deserve. Uh, you know, no matter what happens, no, no matter what happens to me, you know, justice and vengeance are still going to be around. Uh, he yeah. is, he is not talking about the spirit that is inside him. This was never about exercising that, but, uh, you know, he's just kind of talking. Yeah. The dais cast. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then later we can pop by and see a scene where he gives away his mother's embroidered pillow to Varric, mm-hmm. uh, which is suicide yep. behavior. Yeah. Um, you know, giving away all your valued possessions is something you do when you have suicidal ideation. Yes. Um, tell me about No Rest for the Wicked, which I did not do because I did not have an Isabella. Yes. So uh, you meet Isabella. For me, I met her at my house. Uh, Castion, the pirate king uh, who is out <laughs> for her skin, uh, is in town. Um, but we don't know where. 
uh, we need to settle this. Uh, and to do this, we have to draw out his right his right hand man uh, using Isabella uh, as bait. So the idea is take her to him, uh, act like we're handing handing her over, like we're sick of her. Uh, the right hand man is at the brothel, um, and you have to make it look uh, look convincing when you do it. Uh, there's an option to just like beat the shit out of her, but I didn't want to do that, so I just kind of again, man. Go. I I hope they wouldn't have her like that or something. You know, have her be like, "Ooh, someone's getting spicy." Yeah, that would shit. be. I don't know that I would care for that. Instead, it was just like yeah, I took the the witty option, you know, the sarcastic option, and just like Isabel's like, "Wait, why did you what?" And the answer is like, "Surprise, <laughs> fuck you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, she's a terrible actress about this, but they but they buy it anyway. Um, and this right hand man, Velasco, uh, takes Isabella, and you have to follow this trail all, all over Kirkwall. Uh, you do a little Witcher three where you just you go to the little shiny thing on the ground, and then look and see where the next shiny thing is, and go over there. Um, like you're picking up pieces of candy um, until you get to the docks where uh, Castellan's warehouse is. Here, you fight Velasco and his men uh, and search the docks, and then you find uh, plans. Uh, that Castion has drawn up to uh, to bring the slave trade to the free marches, where it is very much illegal um, and a real shitty thing to do. Castion shows up and offers you know, make, make, makes a deal. Uh, Isabella, you want a ship? Um, you know, I'm ruined. I'll be killed if you take those plans and turn them into the authorities. I'm nothing without my ship, so I will trade you the ship for the plans. Um, and instead of me choosing, I let Isabella choose and she took the ship. So, yeah, no, good for her. Yeah. Um, Varric gets an ending, uh, to his thing with his brother. Mm -hmm. Um, when we go to the hanged man, he's saying, uh, he sold the house that his brother had. Um, but the new owner says it's haunted. Uh, so we have to go check it out and see if like Bert Bertrand left uh, behind a cursed object. If so, we'll smash it. Right. Um, you know, uh, so we head there and things are like spooky. Um, it really kind of like funnels you around. They're just like locked doors arbitrarily. Yeah. Uh, until they're not, mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to like this because it's not just a combat dungeon, but it's pretty limp. I thought, yeah. um, it ends with a boss fight against an ethereal golem in the main hall. Yeah. There. Um, it's a fine boss fight. I like fighting golems in this. Yeah. We, we've fought them before, but this is, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Good, good, good little mini boss. Mm -hmm. um, when we defeat it, it drops a piece of the idol that drove uh, Bartrand crazy. Ver picks it up and immediately gets all one ring um, <laughs> about it. And you have to convince him not to. Right. Um, and that just involves like, what's in your mouth? Spit it out. Ver, yeah. spit it <laughs> Drop out. Drop it. Drop <laughs> it. Um, the, uh, the way he argues it to you is that he can use it to cure his brother, which I think mm -hmm. is like in like quick thinking on his part. Yes. Under the influence of... Uh, you know, dark lyrium or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like that bit. But we, when we get it back, we take it to Sandal, the idiot, who turns it into a primeval lyrium rune. Yes. Uh, which is just like an item with plus 3% frost damage or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, it blends in with all the others. Uh, it yeah. uh, does not, uh, it's not a world-ending thing like the actual, uh, you know, piece of the artifact is. Mm -hmm. um, Meryl's loyalty quest, A New Path, is pretty devastating and really highlights um what a disaster she is yeah yeah it's a good it's a good thing this game finally got around to showing us how um deals with demons and blood magic is bad 
I was I was wondering if they was were going to go it. there. They danced around it um, for yeah, a while. Danced around it for most of the game. It was like forty hours of dancing around it, and then finally, <laughs> bam! Second encore, Moon River. Um, so, like, uh, so Meryl calls you to her house. She's like, the Illuvian mirror is still not working, and the only way that she can think to finish it is to go ask the demon who got her started working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, you have to come with me. And the way she sells it, sold it to me because I was not friends with Meryl or anything. Yeah. Um, was uh, I need somebody there who will kill me if this goes bad. Right. So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, works for me. If you're, if you're, if you're going to shoot me, if anybody's going to shoot me, it needs to be Bobby because I know he'll put me down clean. <laughs> yeah, Jason, you thought about this, haven't you, Brock? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, the demon is bound to the shrine up in Sundermount. Uh, when you get there, um, it's in this big spooky cave shrine called Pride's End. Uh, but the demon's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but who's there? But uh, the keeper. Yep, Marathery. What up? <laughs> yep, uh, she's there. She's the one who unbound the demon. Because uh, its plan was to have Meryl complete the mirror and make her uh, make Meryl her first victim as it escaped its prison. Because the, the person took... who summons the demon is always the first victim. <laughs> yep, it's how demons work. Yeah. Uh, the keeper instead took the demon onto herself mm-hmm. uh, to protect Meryl because she loves Meryl for some reason. Yeah. Um, so we have to kill the keeper and the demon. Uh, you know, in the end, she says her like thing, like you always knew the blood magic had a price. I have decided to pay it for you. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, pretty cruel actually. Yeah. It's all pretty <laughs> fucked up. Like the relationship between the keeper and Meryl is not something I was super clear on throughout this game. Yeah. Uh, and does not get a lot of time. Yeah. But the, but the deal is we have to kill Marathary and the demon will go with her. Um, this massive pride demon manifests out of her and we have a, we have, we have a demon fight with it. Uh, similar to most of the other demon fights. Uh, and when you kill it, the keeper stands up and says, oh boy, we managed to fell the demon. Um, yeah. Let's get let's get out of here. And you can say, yeah. wait a minute, um, not so fast. Uh, you said that we yeah. needed to kill you, <laughs> that your lives are bound. Um, and Meryl goes in and stabs her, uh, putting an end to both. I don't know what happens yep, if you trick. let the keeper go. I don't know if there's a way to avert the complete destruction of the entire clan. It feels like, I mean, if you let her go, she's got a demon in her, and I'm sure the yeah. clan just gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if the fight just happens elsewhere. Mm. You know, uh, Meryl naively sobs, um, blames the Keeper for interfering, but when you go outside, the entire clan is waiting for us, um, and we I just killed the clan. Yeah. Uh, you know, so cool. <laughs> cool. So free real estate up on Sundermount. Um. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, start my own clan. I got a mine, got a clan. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, this is this is real. Like, nobody cares about context in this game. Right. You, know, you can't be like, oh, she was possessed by a demon. Like, you mm-hmm. guys believe in that stuff. No, it's just everybody fights you. Um, the worst part about it to me was I had to kill the shopkeeper up here who was, who was useful yeah. for selling junk on the way up to any of the repeat dungeons up here. Mm-hmm. All of the others, you know, they can go. There's yeah. background dressing. Yeah, um, and it would provide a lot of pathos for Meryl if I, I wasn't super invested in Meryl. Yeah, so. yeah, and it just it, she, she she seems regretful, but like the thing that she says, you know, like why would why would the keeper do that? It was my risk to take. It doesn't show like any actual growth or understanding that the risk of what she's doing is not just hers. It is yeah. you know it, it like what people have been trying to tell her 
you know, sometimes by running away from her and calling her a monster is like, this doesn't just affect you. Um, and it does. She yeah. never really gets clear on that. No, Meryl, Meryl doesn't learn or change right throughout. She has a pretty static character arc mm-hmm. uh, in this. Um, and then she is sad. Um, there's also a little cameo from Alistair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a message from the king who shows up. Uh, you meet him. Um, when you talk to him, he's already arguing with um, with Meredith, I think. Something uh, like who that. Who leaves. Yeah. yeah, like she's he's already mid-argument. And then when mm-hmm. we come in, he's like, it's too late. Yeah. Um, he says, like, I can't really do anything right here. I'm not, I don't really have enough power. It's already too late, but you have to protect Kirkwall. Yeah, specifically um, from, from Meredith. Meredith. You know, she she yeah. is the biggest threat to the city. Not the mages, not the not the broader chantry. Um, yeah. And this is in addition to a whole bunch of like callbacks and stuff. Like I rolled up, I forget who I had, but I had like, I had Aveline who has backstory with him. I had um, Anders who. If you have Anders, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, like, aren't you a great war- great warden? Isn't that for life? And then uh, <laughs> he's like, aren't you a great warden? Isn't that for life? And they uh-huh. both just kind of agree to look the other way. <laughs> um, and then uh, I also had Isabella, who was a you know a minor character uh, in the first game, and he says, "Oh, Isabella, you look different because her character model is different." Um, mm-hmm. You know, doing just doing that. It's fun. It's cute. Uh, I think you only get it if the game you import has Alistair as king. I don't know what they put in place of that. Um, but uh, if you do the default option for the uh, for the import um, on a fresh save, then he will uh, he will show up. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's it's barely a quest, right. not really a thing. Um, Favor and fault is Aveline's quest here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night Captain Cullen sends you a letter saying that Aveline is to be deposed as captain of the guard because she's been coddling her men. Uh, Colin doesn't want to be installed in her place. Uh, so she's, he says like, go talk to Aveline. Mm-hmm. Um, and we let Aveline know, like the rumors are flying, Yes, you know? Um, and she says, coddling my men, that's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. let's go look at Donald's, uh, Donick's patrol on the docks. Um, let's go on it and we can prove that we're not coddling anybody. Cause yeah. if I was coddling anybody, it'd be my bow. Yes. Uh, and you go and you fight off waves of coterie. Turns out every night um, on patrol in Kirkwall, it's just a fucking bloodbath. It's absolutely the average man is with so many stains on his soul. Uh, if you're in the guard of this, like your your body count is in the thousands by the time you retire. Oh god, just a, just a um, whole platoon of Nathan Drakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine the sorrow of visiting Kirkwall <laughs> and just like like having to clear the rest of his schedule just for the rest of his life. Ghostly bodies yeah. just uh, <laughs> just choking the bay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, you talk to Donick and he says every guard claims the route that they want. You know, the guard needs to pull and promote from the bold, not the reckless. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yep. Um, when we go and take this call and we're like, no, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, well, the complaints are coming uh, are anonymous and coming out of low town. Uh, so we go there and a guard says, no, no troops are actually complaining. It's that mm-hmm. old guy you deposed in act one. Yeah, remember seven years ago? A- yeah, remember seven years ago, they're old racist. Yeah, he's been hanging around for seven years. Yeah, he's um, just, <laughs> and he's putting together a militia of xenophobes, and you like roll in on him, talking like basically throwing a straight up fascist rally, talking yeah. about how like foreign interests are creeping in and taking away what's yours, and talking about like they've got elves and blah blah blah, just really riling him up, and it's like all right. Um, he's literally doing like, you know, stab in the back kind of stuff. These guys need to go. Um, yeah. and we wipe him out. 
No. I I wanted to be like, this isn't like that game. Like mm-hmm. there aren't racial themes in this game, dude. Nope. Like we already missed that act. Yes. You know, like what are you what are you doing here? This is an on sequitur. Also, mm-hmm. it's very strange that you've just been plotting revenge for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like time. Yeah, going and doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing that we missed, uh, there's two uh, quests that you have on the quest I didn't do that I can briefly talk, speak to. Mm-hmm. Um, Gamlin's greatest treasure involves uh, doing a lot of like FedExing around to eventually uh, discover his daughter. Oh. Okay. And reuniting him, uh, your cousin. Um, and it's kind of sweet. Like she is more cut from you than her. Mm. And you have the choice whether you want to like you know, throw Gamlin under the bus as a shitty uncle or be like, no, you should, you'll regret it if you don't yeah. reconcile. Mm-hmm. Or um, at least give it a shot. No. Yeah. Give it a shot. Um, it's kind of sweet. And then, uh, what does that Fenris's quest involves, um, tracking down his sister mm-hmm. who shows up. Um, his sister, uh, came as a trap. Um, she is, that was actually still a slave, mm. um, of the Tevinter mage who shows up and tries to reclaim Fenris. This is where I said, yeah, take him, <laughs> uh, in order to get his rivalry up high enough to where he wouldn't abandon me. Okay. Um, at the end, um, and he, and then, you know, surely he reconsidered. I was like, okay, <laughs> I just kidding, bro. Uh, I just want, it was him. a test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, it was a YouTube prank. Um, the, uh, so then, you know, at the end, he's going to kill his sister for betraying him. Uh, and I convince him not to kill his sister. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, Varric is there. There's a nice little bit where he's like, Hey man, take it from me. Like you don't want to do this. Right. You know, I was faced by a similar situation and I didn't do it and I would have regretted it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice little character moment, but in terms of like what you actually do, it's just Dragon Age two fights. Yes. Um, for both of them. So Makes sense. not bad little quests. Um, there are other ones that are in here that I didn't do mm-hmm. uh, that you have in this list, and I don't know what they are. Yeah, so. there's one that's like Finding Nathaniel that probably involves, I think that might involve a, a, a companion from Awakening. Wasn't Nathaniel mm. like the archer that you had in that? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It didn't It didn't show up for me, though, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't um, come in on an important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of these quests are literally just go to a place and talk to a person. Yes. Um, the real quest is called the last straw. Um, there's a little like, you know, I don't think anybody's really listening to this and then are going to play the game, but if you are know that, uh, the point of return in act three is really hazy. Yes. Um, as soon as you take this quest, the area of the gallows is now an end boss zone, mm-hmm. um, an ending zone. So you can still do other side quests as long as you don't go to the gallows, mm-hmm. but because so many of them are like FedExy, you probably will. Yeah. Um, it is really good to do all your side shit and DLCs before you do this. Yeah. And like when we say, when you accept the quest, when you go to your desk in your house, um, you will look at like a letter that was sent. Um, and you have to press a button to accept it and add it to your log. That is the point of no return is adding it to your log from the desk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, this quest is Orsino sending you a letter saying, Hey, meet me at the gallows. 
Um, when you get there, a mage pops up and says, hey, Orsino and Meredith are arguing. Orsino stormed off to talk to the High Clareth, and Meredith gave chase. Like, this is the big argument. Yes. You got to go stop them. Yeah. So you go uh, to the Chantry here, and you find Orsino and Meredith arguing. Uh, Meredith accuses Orsino of harboring blood mages, which he's been doing for literally the entire game. Um, and this same argument just goes round and round um, until Orsino makes a move and goes to fetch the High Cleric. Uh, the high cleric who is inside the chantry, you know, it's like, you know, once and for all, we need, we, we need this third party to, you know, to make the call. Uh, then Ander steps forward. Um, yeah. Hey guys, what I missed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the high cleric will be of no, he says the high cleric will be no, of no use to you. The Templars are tyrants. The circle leadership is absolutely useless to protect mages. No more half measures. There can be no turning back. And the chantry explodes in a super magic bomb. Yep. Um, it looks like when the ghosts show up, or like when the containment unit blows up in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Like I kept expecting all these like prides and seductions to just mm-hmm. like fly around and stuff, Ghostbusters style. Yeah. Um, but the the big takeaway here is not only is this a huge war crime, you know, horrible, uh, you know, nine eleven type thing, uh-huh. but also the high cleric was in it, who is uh, like mini pope. Yes. Um, and this is, this is a pretty big deal. Like, so I just, we, we glibly refer to it as a nine 11. It's more, it's more akin to a, to an Oklahoma city bombing actually. Oh, sure. An attempt yeah. to, uh, I mean, to say a, a destruction of one building, uh, and an attempt to, uh, to, 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 to escalate a conflict that was already there. Um, yeah. so Anders, I think it makes a little bit more sense to think of him as a Timothy McVeigh style figure um in 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 this not correcting you but like that has kind of been the thing that i see it described as and we talk about it that way i just been thinking i've been thinking about terrorism so yeah you know well we Um, are at code light orange or whatever (laughs) i don't know i don't know what if we still use that yeah but uh but yeah this is this is awful you know he is basically making it impossible to walk back uh from the brink which we have been on for a while he pushed everybody over um, and I mean, this sucks because accelerationism sucks because just because you're ready for it doesn't, doesn't mean that, uh, you know, other people are, um, yeah. you are just hastening the slaughter of, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. Real people will die from this. Yes. Like it's the same kind of thing that people talked about, like, oh, it's good that Trump got elected because this is going to wake up a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, but why all that happens? A lot of people mm-hmm. are going to be the victim of hate crimes and like, you know, there's going to be a lot of proud boys setting up sniper nest in my hometown, Yeah, you know, or like where I live, like, mm-hmm. and the cops are going to look the other way. Like that is a direct result of this shit. Yeah. It's not, it's not nothing. just a purely symbolic act, you know? Yeah. Do not, do not think of real life. Like you're playing risk <laughs> and you know, you're just like playing it like sieve. Right. You know, like all the eggs matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't just like make omelets willy nilly. You right. have to name every egg. <laughs> and think about the eggs family yep. before you make an omelet. Um, Sebastian, as our uh, religious, the quiet religious guy who goes nuts um, <laughs> character, in this, uh, breaks down. You know, he's praying. He's begging the maker, like, why would this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, Orsino asks Han- Anders why he did this, uh, which is a great question. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you know, I removed the chance of compromise. There is no compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's where everyone takes like the stupid pill, right? Like here is where this game gets dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, I hate this. Like I hate all of the character choices and gameplay choices that are forced upon me mm-hmm. at this point. 
Like, it's so dumb. I shouldn't need to keep Anders because he's the only healer. That's like, ridiculous. He, like, I should be able to, like, send him to jail because not only does, is that where he belongs, that's what he was ready for. Like, yeah, he he wanted to. He everyone is shocked when I spare him, including him. He's like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't yeah, know dude, if I like can beat the, the if I can beat the no. fights without you. <laughs> yeah, Meryl doesn't have the creation sphere, right? And I didn't roll a mage, so I guess I'm stuck pardoning this war criminal. Yeah, um, you know, and you can make an argument about it. You say like, "Oh, he's going to be able to atone." And right. He doesn't want to atone. No, like this is so fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> you know. So uh, Meredith like says, "Okay, that's it, right of annulment." <laughs> Everybody um, line Orsino, up. And Orsino says quite readily, "Like, hey, it wasn't a circle mage who did this. You yeah. dumb shit. It's an apostate, and which we never, all agree is bad." <laughs> yeah, I don't like blood magic either. You, you dummy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like her just being like, "Yeah, I'm just going to kill everybody." because of this guy and like specifically kill everyone in the circle. Yep. You know, it's just so weird and like poorly motivated just, and shitty. Like yeah, you can make the <laughs> argument. She was waiting for an excuse to do this because it's what she really wanted. Yeah. And she is an unreliable actor because this game, you know, takes the political stakes out of everybody by making them being whispered <laughs> to by demons and you know, other forces. Right. But it just ends up feeling frustrating. Like I'm not frustrated from a gameplay perspective because I couldn't get the good boy point right. for making everybody happy. I'm frustrated because the people like this character did not get enough development and their motivation is stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's because of a magic dark rock. <laughs> <laughs> she has a shitty sword and that's why this whole thing happens. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's fucking terrible. Like, can't like can't she just be a bad person? Can she be an exemplar of this ideology? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, she can she can be terrible without having that whispering to her. Like there there are arguments for the Templar side of things. You know, you can yeah. you know j- j- just like with Anders, I can broadly agree that the that the circle system um, and uh, and the Chantry and Templar whole thing in general is really bad for everybody, um, and not not agree with what he did. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what if like the right of annulment wasn't just killing every man, woman, and child? Right. Right. You know, what if it was like you know putting up an anti magic field or collaring mm-hmm. all of them? Yeah. Or making them all tranquil or something like if it wasn't so cartoonishly dark. Yeah. If it wasn't just you know? a genocide of people who happen to be born with this talent. Right. Yeah. And the it, game has has gone a long way towards being like, hey, most mages are blood mages. Right. But that's not true in the grander dragon mm-hmm. age thing that's this weird thing with kirkwall and because of outside blood mages being smuggled in right for accelerationist reasons which we only learned from the dlc mm-hmm. uh but also it just it feels artificial because it's only in this game that they make that true yes you know if you play origins or inquisition blood mages are rare and you know not that big a deal like mm-hmm. they're a big deal there's like a quest about them but the whole thing is not about them this is the greatest like this is the exception mm-hmm. this is not representative of the real cosmology of this world. Right. You know, and like the, like what happens here cannot be emblematic and like, can't be determinative for the entire policy of the Chantry going forward. Right. Yeah. It's just like, man, when, when you're working at this scale, 
like it just they they had a chance for this to be subtle and cool and good for there to be nuance Mm -hmm. to it but like the 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 answer is to turn literally everybody into monsters and it's like well fuck me for like thinking about the nuances that are here which are few by the way uh because all that they're trying to do like dragon age 2's trick is to um is is to show you a, a systemic problem and then try to change your mind with uh with anecdotes yeah, <laughs> right. Educases. Yeah, but yeah. like, screw me for taking this seriously, um, because yeah. everything gets cartoonish and you know broadened out. Uh, there, there are like anecdotes from development that like they wanted the end to be a little bit more subtle to be a bit more responsive to what you've been doing, uh, but they didn't mm-hmm. have time for that, and or you know, in order to make the end you know vastly different for everybody. So they're like, well, shit. I guess you're gonna fight both both, both Orsino and Meredith. Um, yeah you know who are going to be like literal monsters you know i just i couldn't find a way to phrase this on twitter that would like make it that would make sense in text but like what the game does is like it pulls its pants down and then shits in them standing up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's centrist trash yeah um you know the idea that like like the the message here is like hopelessly nihilistic and dumb like everyone's an idiot all of our leaders are fail will fail us you are absolutely power powerless to do anything about it mm-hmm um, and the other thing that like, this is so obvious is they just needed this set up for three. Yeah. Like there had to be this inquisition so they could do dragon age inquisition. <laughs> um, and you know, when you have a predetermined end place, the excitement is like, you, you know, knowing the end of a story doesn't ruin it. Like it can mm-hmm. be fun to know what happens. Yes. Right. Like, uh, I saw something and those reminding me that like Shakespeare plays start with them telling you the end. Yep. You know, somebody literally walks on stage and says what happens at the end, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the the fun is seeing how it gets there. Yeah, this it doesn't get there. Well, no, like it gets there. Well, for part of it. And then the end, it's just like, oh, shit, I got to be up in five minutes. Like (laughs) I I got a meeting. Pencils down. Pencils down. Heads up, seven up. Fuck. Yeah. it's just uh yeah it's 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 clumsy and dumb yeah. i hate it and i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't i wouldn't be this mad if i didn't like the rest of it is yeah it, totally. is, 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 like, is a huge part of this yeah yeah it's not enough for me just to dismiss the whole fucking bullshit of mm-hmm. the game but it is frustrating yeah. and it does you know it's it's the thing that like gives me pause when i am a dragon age 2 defender mm-hmm. you know I'm the guy who's like, oh, this game is actually good. And people are like, yeah, but that ending. And I'm like, no, you're right. No, you're, you're, it's true. You're I actually guess. probably right. Fuck. <laughs> well, maybe it's more that the other games aren't very good. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's that Inquisition is trash and Origins, I don't like that much. Yeah. It's okay. Um, you know, good, but not great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, in terms of, you know, Sebastian says, okay, well, we have to execute Anders, surely. Mm-hmm. Um, Anders says, hey, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to execute me? Eh? Eh? Um, My neck is here. I it's say, very soft. I say no. Um, I'm like, I'm siding with the mages because I have to side with somebody. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it's it's dumb to just kill all these innocent people who didn't do the crime. Mm-hmm. That seems obvious to me. For all the world, I wanted to side with the Templars just to see what happened. Yeah. But I just couldn't do it because it seems so obviously wrong mm-hmm. to just kill all the people who didn't commit a crime. Right. You, you know, know, on the basis that they might. Collective punishment. Uh, not a good thing, actually. No. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is where me getting the rivalry with Fenris uh, up to maximum helped, or he didn't mm-hmm. leave. He's like, I'm seeing this through with you to the end. I'm like, why? Yeah, you hate <laughs> me. Doing everything you dude. fucking hate, dude. Yeah, I, I tried um, to sell you into slavery. 
Yeah. Like, not only that, I gave you <laughs> hope that I'd be like me. your friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Generous, please quit simping for me. Yeah. Um, Aveline also stayed because we were BFFs. Yeah. Uh, the only person who left was Sebastian. Okay. Uh, for me, who who says that he is going to uh, go to Starkhaven, raise an army, and wipe Kirkwall out. Yes. And I said, cool, that doesn't happen in any of the games, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> you can like you can send agents to to, to kirkwall like in an in inquisition it's fine um mm. yeah uh for me fenris left because i i didn't really do anything with him um and it made sense yeah. he hates mages so yeah you know it'd be real weird if he hung out right right you know um the opposite can also happen mm-hmm. uh if you you know varic will stay with you no matter what he's telling the story right he can't go anywhere but if you uh side with the templars meryl you have to have max out stuff for her to stick with you yeah um and anders if you decide to let him live he will not stick with you unless you max him out mm. but he will he'll go fight with the templars what the fuck uh yeah yeah, yeah. if you if you have him maxed out he does not leave or anything the same way that you know uh, uh fenris was fighting for the mages that feels ex- you know? like it feels exceptionally bad for anders to do that like fenris why, are, why is fight- no one stabbing him in the back yeah but, well, so like, dumb. I mean, it could just make it a make it an accident, you know. Like, yeah. oh, geez, uh, turn, yeah. turns out Anders was shot in the back with arrows. Well, that's weird. <laughs> we weren't fighting any archers. Well, you yeah. know, I was at a USO concert. So, so this is dumb, and this starts the uh, the thing you know where we're gonna go kind of from zone to zone, um, attempting to get back to where uh, the mages are, while saving mages in the streets who are being killed by Templars. But also, there's blood mages and demons, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there, there there can be a couple of scenes here, like when I was in High Town, Carver saved me from an attacking shade. Um, and he says, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not here with the wardens. The wardens can't take a side on this. We can, we're kind of doing our own thing over here, but I, I'll, I will help you if I can. Um, and this is the point where he thanks, thanks me for saving him. You know, he is saying like, I initially resented you doing this, uh, because being a great warden sucks, but you've actually like given me a new purpose. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not like I was terribly happy here anyway. So that is a good, um, a good ending for him. Um, and yeah. your relationship. Yeah. Um, as mentioned in episode one, I think it's real weird that if you play as a non-mage character, mm-hmm. it's just very unlikely that your sibling will survive. Right. Because you're probably going to bring your sibling into the Dark Roads, but you're probably not going to bring your sibling and Anders because no party really needs two mages. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, we just do a billion fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this after the DLC. I went into the DLC first mm-hmm. and came back to this. And I was like, oh, yeah, fucking reinforcements. Yep. Like the DLC basically stops that. And here they're back in full force. Like every fight is 70 dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the gallows uh, through a boat, um, Orsino is there. Meredith, and he demands like, hey, hear me speak. Rescind the right of annulment. It's not too late. Mm-hmm. Like we should not be responsible for what that guy over there that uh, the champions harboring did. <laughs> And you're know, getting pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. And she says, nah, you know, the people want blood. <laughs> you speak for the people? Uh, you, yeah. were, you weren't elected. Um, and as far as I could tell, you were also causing chaos in the streets there. So, yeah. And like half your Templars were conspiring with mages to accelerationist the shit. And like, yes. Nobody's control their house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. so... This is uh, Orsino rallies the mages. We have a chance to say here, something here, but nothing matters. Right. Um, we go, you know, they cannot win there. They must withdraw. 
uh, so you withdraw um, and spread the word to the other circles that the war is on. Like right. a right of annulment has happened. We have to fight back. Right. Um, and this is, uh, you know, where here, hereabouts is where you get a chance to talk with your companions uh, one last time. Um, I didn't have Fenris here, um, but you can mm -hmm. go through and see, you know, usual game end kind of stuff like, oh, I can't believe we ended up here after we met at blank location um, yeah. and stuff like that. Seven years ago. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I can't remember anything a... interesting for mine. Did you have anything in inter interesting in yours? No, I'm um, the interest. I mean, you, the party members you don't take with you will help. Mm -hmm. You give them like direction. I was like, Aveline, you know, get in there and try to block shots, maybe right. try to get a shot in from outside. So it's kind mm -hmm. of interesting that they fight with you. Yeah. They do something similar uh, in Dragon Age Origins, if I remember. Yeah. There's like a big fight with all the party. Mm -hmm. Um, That's cool. <clears throat> um, You do a fight. It's just Templar after Templar after Templar. Um, is quiet afterwards, and then Orsino takes the black pill and decides to get dumb. Um, you know, and it's like it's makes sense for him to be this bleak. Yeah, I think because it's the, so the, the... weird for him to turn himself into a grand falloon. <laughs> um, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like he's the reasonable one. Yeah, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna do blood magic and demon shit anyway, because fuck it, nothing matters. Yeah, you know, if I'm gonna do the time, I might as well do the crime. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what what purpose grass on the field oh <laughs> well no that's what racino said oh okay <laughs> but but like jesus christ like like what what purpose does this serve he knows they can't win the fight like does he think that turning into a monster will let him like take a chunk out of the templars that doesn't happen he fights you like does he yeah. think that this is going to be a moral victory like I don't know. I part of me thinks that uh, we wouldn't remember the Alamo so much if they if they detonated a, nu a nuclear bomb. <laughs> we would remember the Al Alamo if one of the people from the Alamo turned into a gigantic corpse golem. Yeah, yeah, and just like a rotting flesh <laughs> flesh testicle, a, a flesh yeah. tickle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he said, you know, why do they? Why don't they just drown us as infants? Why even give us the illusion of hope? Which is aligned with some pathos. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who would have been a good person to say that line? Anders. <laughs> Anders, yeah. Uh the the character who I've gotten to know and everything, not the guy who was introduced at the end of Act Two, uh -huh. whose main function has been to be skinny and beg the chantry leader to, you know, calm things down. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's like, Meredith needs to die, but she won't be killed. She always gets away from this. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the Quentin guy, his research was too dangerous, but you know, she wants blood magic when in Rome. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was weird that he, knew, that he knew Quentin. Yeah. So I guess it was part of the circle. Quentin being the one who uh, who turned your mom into a into a corpse abomination. Yeah. Yeah. That's just there to make you hate him more. Yeah. You know, it's it's just dumb. So he turns into a big, you know, grand falloon corpsey scrotomy thing, and we just do a big boss fight with him because we have to have two boss fights at the end of this. Right. Um. It's all fucking dumb as hell. Yeah. I, I hate that he does this. Like Orsino is all the characters at the end of this who are movers and shakers are the worst. Mm -hmm. Like Orsino, Meredith, the you know the high keeper or whatever, yeah. all fucking horrible yeah. characters. And um, this fight is mechanically pretty bad. Uh, you have to go yeah. through three health bars with this. Um, so he's like the big you know the, the the big floppy monster thing. But like the actual the actual Orsino is like a parasite that like rides the body from the top. 
Uh, so like midway through the fight, the body, you know, that, that, that thing hops off and he goes around summoning undead. So reinforcements and also like he just goes out of reach every once in a while. So you just need to yeah. fight, fight some regular dudes until he until he decides to be vulnerable again. Then he hops back onto the body. And then the third phase, as far as I could tell, is identical to the first. Yeah, it's really bland. Um, we kill him. We get a little cutscene where we kill him. Nobody says anything about it, though. No one's like, well, that's weird. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> We go out into the Templar barracks, uh, fight some more just dudes, uh, eventually get in this room with a courtyard. Um, mm-hmm. This is, you have a note here, this is where you fought Fenris. Um, I did not have a companion face down here. Oh, nice. Is that interesting at all, or is it just a slaughter? Like, there's a little bit of dialogue that it's like, you know, basically Fenris says, I can't believe I thought you were different, but I should have known it would always come to this, is yeah. is, is what it, uh, you know, much it comes down to. I don't know if that changes if you're not a... Uh, if you're not a mage, mm. but like, yeah, it really seemed like he was like, I, sh- I, 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 I knew what you were, but I shouldn't have trusted you. Um, but I did this, anyway. And that was a mistake. Would have been a good point to fight Sebastian. Uh, you know, yeah. for me if he wasn't going to go home and, mm-hmm. um, but really Meredith pops out and she's like, okay, not only do the mages have to be killed, but you had to be killed for associating with them. Mm-hmm. And Colin goes like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, uh, <laughs> like, uh, that's not what like, we're he's the champion I mean, of Kirkwall. You, you idiot. Like, yeah you know, what is happening and this is where these like the last and final like stupid pill of the game happens mm-hmm. where her sword is like a fucking sword from soul caliber yeah, that's like, a really it, good way to put it yeah like, it's so ugly and dumb uh-huh. she's got a big glowing dark lyrium sword uh the idol she bought it from bertrand mm-hmm. and turned it into a mind control sword that she decided to wield and turn her into a one ring maniac <laughs> yeah so everything that she's been doing remember like meredith like people speak about her with with fear in act one it's kind of like oh you know she's you know, she, she she really is like clamping down on things but she was more like the the real person pushing against the Ferelden refugees so like she could have been shitty the entire time but the entire time that we've been hearing that she's been turning the screws on mages specifically uh it's after act one when bartrand mm-hmm. had had you know had come back and moved the um and, and move the idol so the entire time that she has been escalating the key conflict of this game it has been whatever's inside of this lyrium uh making her act out of her mind amplifying her right and making yes. her like covetous and weird um and the thing about red lyrium is it doesn't have a motivation and you it, it's not a character right you know when you when you have a character so i remember this is this is a tangent but i remember mm-hmm. uh the movie midsummer Ariaster's uh, Midsummer, uh, which uh, just FYI, Cole, the director's cut is now available uh, from A24 directly. You don't have to have Apple TV. I, I already had it. I have not watched it, but oh. I've, 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 I've bought the game. I bought the movie from Apple originally, so I have I've had it for a nice. while. Yeah. Um, the uh, but one of the big problems Will had with that movie, even though he loved Hereditary, was everyone was on drugs. Yeah. So he was like, oh, like nobody has agency, and to me that worked as a horror story because I am scared of losing my agency. Yeah. I'm not scared of getting a haunted sword though. And Meredith is not played for pathos. Like mm-hmm. Meredith is not, this is not a, uh, a figure of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have done that. 
like if this had been a character who was like if this was Avalie, uh-huh. like this is someone you cared about and you watched to change and stuff, you could have pulled off this like dark corruption storyline. Mm-hmm. Instead, though, the character comes out of nowhere. He's just like whispers in the first act, barely appears in the second act. And then by the time you run into her, she is controlled by an alien motivation we cannot and will not understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just saps everything. We never saw what she this. was like before. Yeah. And we don't know what the, the Red Lyrium like what it wants mm-hmm. or what it is other than just being basically indistinguishable from blood magic and demon possession, mm-hmm. which is why this is centrist trash because it's right. basically saying no matter what side you take, you know, it's bad mm-hmm. and you're bad. <laughs> you idiot, you fool. Yeah. You fool. I, I hate it. Like this, it, I know that we already went on this rant, mm-hmm. but the fact that the game does this multiple moments of this, yeah, like underlines its shitty, shitty points so many times and like highlights it in so many colors is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cowardly. Yeah. Fuck this shit. <laughs> um, she starts, uh, Colin tries to relieve her command and she's like, oh, everyone is a, a blood mage. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she attacks and we get our final boss. Uh, fight where she uh is just kind of a warrior um it's kind of an interesting boss fight at first but then she also leaps up to go into an invincible zone and animates the statues of slaves yep uh, to fight you which i was just somebody write an essay on this shit (laughs) Um, (laughs) the semiotics of this are probably pretty interesting yeah um but it just you just fight the statues and then she comes back and you fight her some more yeah fight her alongside the statues um it's not good yep like, it's still just like a Dragon Age 2-ass fight where you are dealing with reinforcements and whatever. But, like, yeah, how are those statues moving? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it is it magic? Is the Red Lyrium that powerful? Like, I, it's, I got no idea, man. I You know, it's just the Red Lyrium did it. Yeah. You know, like, and th- this is the kind of thing where I'm like, the people who take this stuff very seriously mm-hmm. in Dragon Age, I'm like, you, you guys got to ask for better. Yeah. Because, like... This this isn't super good. Like it's okay, you know. I like this game. It's, it doesn't sound like it based on how much we've been trashing it this episode. But because like, we've been talking I about like a bad part g- of the game, <laughs> really bad part of the game. But you don't have to take this lore stuff that seriously. Yeah, like it's not serious. Mm-hmm. These are not like adults doing serious good stuff. Yeah, you know th- this is a little kitty shit that's happening. Like and you know um, they they could they could have you know called you know called call out and do I can you know in the end when we went when we go to the. To, to, to the framing narrative of this, you know, Cassandra could just say, well, that is, that is ridiculous. I don't know that I can believe that. You know, and yeah. very, very can say, you know, I know what I saw, you know, you can decide if I, if, if I played it up based on everything, everything else that is there. Like it could be, you know, like just like lay into some doubt about it, about whether it, it is art, you know, artifice, right? Like that mm. wouldn't make it necessarily any better in the moment when you see it. But it would, the very, it would at the very least be like less just outright stupid that this is a historical event that happens in the world. Hey, remember when that war started and all those statues got up and started fighting? Oh, you mean <laughs> yeah, like golems that, that were made to, to do life? that? Yeah. They pulled your hair up but not out? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, even if, you know, uh, the Inquisitor didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's like we still played it. Yeah. You know, it, it still happened. Right. So like, you know, you could call doubt into how dumb this is, but also that would also happen. just be admitting how dumb it was. If you, if yeah. You underlined it. You know, there, yeah. there's no, uh, or I, uh, I remember what I was going to say before. Um, the thing that like gamer 
capital G gamers get mad about this is they think this is a bad ending because your choices don't make a difference. Yeah. Like the big complaint about this is I tried to make everybody happy the whole game. And at the end of the game, not everybody is happy. That's good actually. Yeah. Like you can do a story where it doesn't matter what you do that mm-hmm. happens all the time yeah like, like there, are for, there are historical forces in play here that you as a single character no matter how much of a champion you are you're not going to be able to sway it you can't change the yeah. river yeah. i'm the champion of my apartment yeah it doesn't change pocket the, um, <laughs> but like you can so the the you know that doesn't really matter you can do stories with that like one of the things that is like a hard fought piece of wisdom that i have in my 40 year old boomer life is that like something I've, i think about a lot is it doesn't matter if you're right Mm-hmm. You know, like you can you can feel right and just feel like an immense amount of power right. uh, from that. But ultimately, there are a lot of situations in which it doesn't matter mm-hmm. that you're right. And coming to peace with that, like I'm right, but it doesn't matter. Right. You know, is is true. That is a mm-hmm. true observation that this game could have done something with. It's not shitty because I put in the right amount of gamer box to get the good ending and didn't get the good ending mm-hmm. it's shitty because the characterization and storytelling is absolute horseshit bush league mm-hmm. like that is why it is shitty <sighs> so fuck this shit yeah um so you kill her um she prays for more aid at this point but the sword shatters it's 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 job is done <laughs> i don't want to animate any more statues for you yeah uh, uh, I, I just want to make i just want to make more lyrium and so if yep, i'm gonna go to lyrium's <laughs> <laughs> uh blows up and it turns her into a into a glowing statue of primeval lyrium which looks like wolverine when he's covered in all adamantium yeah i love that that image so much also what a shitty town square this is now like, oh yeah that was the the massacre lady um and also before anybody asks me like i know the primeval what the primeval lyrium is yeah from the the lore i looked it up like i know when i'm saying it doesn't have any motivation can you lay it i'm out saying for the effect of for the uh it's like it's like titan blood or something okay. like that. It's like these distant relations of the dwarves, um, you know, these this weird uh, primeval race, and mm-hmm. it's like their blood. Gotcha. Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows up in one of the Dragon Age 3 DLCs. Gotcha. Um, you know, Templars rush up to Examiner, uh, and we give them a, like, don't fuck with us look, and we leave the, the, the city. Mm-hmm. And we get our ending here, uh, which is pretty brief and slight. Yeah, no, honestly, a little motion uh, comic. satisfying. Yeah, a little motion yeah. comic slideshow kind of thing. You know, the champion's name became a rallying cry um, for me because I ended up siding with Orsino before he tur- turned around and did what he did. Uh, uh, the circles around Thetis rose up. Well, I guess that was going to happen anyway. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Had to happen. You didn't do that. You didn't yeah. do anything. No. Um, Varric finishes the story and Cassandra's like, oh, okay, it was Meredith who did it. And he goes, I don't know. Could have been yeah. Anders. Could have been the idol. Why are you asking me? <laughs> It's like the end of um, Burn After Reading. It's <laughs> like, well, what do we learn here? It's a fucking machine. It's a fucking machine made of red lyrium. <laughs> like, I need to watch that movie again. That movie owns. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Uh, that was a very funny movie. Yeah. Uh, could, could, it could have been Anders. Could have been the idol. Who knows? But, and like, knows? It, it could have. All of them were, were shit. Um, yeah. So. Everything is shit. That's the point of the story. Derek, yeah. the legendary storyteller, just told, like, just did Todd Solon as his happiness. <laughs> like, wouldn't it suck if everything sucked? Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Cassandra's like, hey, that, 
yeah. <laughs> uh, where you know, where is Hawk? You know, the like the mages would listen to Hawk. Like yeah. Hawk could appeal for peace, and Varric's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. and leaves. Uh, and then Cassandra walks out of the chamber, and Liliana's there, right, saying like, "How did that happen? You know, how did it go?" And goes, well, Hawk is gone, just like the hero of Ferelden. Mm-hmm. And Liliana says that's not a coincidence, which makes a lot more sense when you know that Dragon Age Two was originally supposed to set up the main character of Dragon Age Three. Yes, um, you know, if you think of Dragon Age Three as being the hero of Ferelden's continuing adventures, mm-hmm. it is mildly better than like, what if some nobody was the prophet or whatever? Yeah, what if some nobody just happened to have the ability to close the to close the rifts? Yeah. That is the ending of the main game. Uh, but there are DLCs. Uh, this time we went on DLCs. We're going to go a little quicker mm-hmm. through these because uh, there are some like side quests, but it's like they're all pretty dumb. Yeah, uh, they're mostly just like little scavenger hunt kind of things that you do in the middle of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're going to move a little bit quickly through these um, really quickly before we get into that. Um, the DLCs, you also get a marketplace. Oh, the yeah. Black the Black Emporium. Yeah. Which is me. It's like run by this old cursed man who is like rotting, but still alive, uh, who makes a lot of jokes with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it sells a bunch of game breaking equipment uh, and it allows you to custom recustomize your character, which for me was really good because I was able to make my character grow a longer beard in react. Oh. Um, and uh, got it. The first length I had had his chin clipping through it in cutscenes. <laughs> so like Sir Clipping Beard, the champion of Kirk, Kirkwall, uh, finally grew out an old wizard beard and looked okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the 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 person who runs the Black Emporium, I forget his name. That's super creepy because like he's there because he made a wish. He wished for immortality, but it was a monkey's paw kind of thing. He didn't get eternal youth alongside it. So his body yeah. is like you know, completely rotten. He can't do anything. He has to be moved around. But, uh, you know, he is like going from town to town, like trading in these, trading in these needful things in order to try and find the, uh, in order to try and find what he needs to reverse the curse. So, yeah. Some good uh, this horror. also gives you the ability to get a, uh, summon a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can put a dog on your hot bar and whenever you pop it, a dog pops out. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that that's not, nearly as good as the dog in dragon age one like it doesn't have a skill tree it's not right. controllable it's just a bonus dog mm-hmm. um what you have there are also a bunch of uh caches of really high level equipment for you and your companions mm-hmm. that will just show up in your house uh really annoyingly it is a quest marker to pick up all pick up all of them yeah <laughs> uh so so you'll always have these quest markers in your house and unless you just pick up all that equipment and sell it for one you know, silver a piece or mm-hmm. whatever for like the minimum amount. Um, you'll just always have those on your quest log. So yep. if that bothers you, it will bother you here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's but, get into legacy. Well, yeah, let's, let's do it. This is my preferred one of the two DLCs that we have here. This is like where the gameplay gets good. Like there mm-hmm. are good encounters and stuff here. And I, I, I don't mind the story in this too much either. And it's okay. Yeah. Like it's, it's slight. It's a, it's a dungeon crawl. This yeah. is Dragon Age 2's uh, take on a prestige dungeon dungeon. Yes. Like, um, 
so the uh, the idea, uh, you know, Cassandra pops up talking to Varric. Like these are just little sides that happened during the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, "Hey, there's a hole in your story. I have a report that the champion was uh, at the Great Warden Keep in the Van Mark Mountains. You didn't mention that." Right. And he says, "Well, I didn't think it was important, but if you want to hear that story, I'll tell you." Yes. Um, uh, and so we cut to Varric, uh, who is leading Hawk. You are in a different place. You're not out. You're not in Kirkwall or one of the four places you can go outside of Kirkwall. Um, he's leading you through this mountain path. Um, Carver is here as well um, across this bridge into these desert mountains. Uh, the family has been kind of like consistently attacked by these dwarfs from the Carta, kind of this dwarf gang. Um, and apparently the attacks are being uh, coordinated from here. Yeah. We, we pick up with the quest already on our marker. Right. Um, this place where they're at is a blank spot on the map. Um, so uh, I didn't have Carver with me right. uh, here or Bethany um, here. But this is a family uh, story. This is about your father right. in some ways. So it makes sense that your brother or sister would be here with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't have him at my party uh, when I came here. And Carver says, oh, I'm going to go ahead in case it turns out that this has something to do with Grey Wardens. And then he doesn't <laughs> Just, show up again for the rest of it. Does he do that with everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go into this restaurant first. I, I know I got a feeling. It's it, it's tough to write for a character who might be dead for most people. Yeah, totally. And who has one character trait? Yes. Hates mage is Grey Warden. <laughs> is mage is Grey Warden. Um. So we come upon a Carter dwarf with white eyes, uh, and he announces our ra- arrival. Like we are the child of Malcolm Hawk, the Hawk Blood, mm-hmm. and he wants our blood uh, to end something they've been going through. So somebody called Corypheus can walk in the sun once more. And that and pretty much like, lays cool, it let's out. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we're like when in Rome, mm-hmm. and we move forward. Yeah. Um. Each of these DLCs introduces some new enemies, some like much needed enemy variety. Yeah. Uh, here, these uh, this first one introduces the things called Brontos, which are dinosaur rhinos mm-hmm. that the uh, Carta have as beasts. Yeah. Um, and they they charge. They're a little bit more mechanically interesting than just the regular enemies. Yeah, I mean, not too many like actual beast enemies that you fight in the main game. You know, it's mm-hmm. mostly if you if you do fight, I think it's just dogs really, and then the dragonlings yeah. or whatever out out in the wilderness yeah. and spiders and stuff. Um, Kill a lot of dogs in this game. Yeah. <laughs> But you go through this, uh, through this, like, fortress. Can you kill the dog? The can you kill the dog Twitter? <laughs> Just going crazy. Just, right. oh, God, the, the, the dark counterpart to that good Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so the first dungeon area here is, like, this fortress chasm. Uh, you're going through, like, a couple of different, like, uh, combat chambers. Some more Bronto fights here. Uh, a lot of, like, sniper ambushes. The Carta has, you know, crossbowmen set up on the sides. Uh, interesting little layouts, you know? Like, do you deal with the melee enemy down there first, or do you make a uh, make a special trip to go and take out the uh, take out the snipers and stuff? Uh, it's interesting mm-hmm. and good. Yeah. And also it's full yeah. of traps, uh, which you can use during your encounter. Yeah, lots of traps. Like, you can, uh, there'll be a space where nothing happens, but you can go pull a lever mm-hmm. and kill a bunch of the dudes. Yeah. Um, we find uh, Corypheus' second-in-command. Um, he doesn't give us very much information before the fight. But afterwards, uh, we pick up his scarf. Um, it's his, glowing his staff. And, or staff, rather, sorry. Uh, and it's glowing and, uh, you know, fills you with energy, uh, drawing on your blood. It's attracted to your, your hawk blood. Yes. Um, and <laughs> the next area uh, kind of takes us uh, where we're at uh, the, the Kingsfield Four Ancient City. It's this huge underground tower. Uh, when we walk in, we're sealed. Um, this mm-hmm. is Corypheus's prison. Uh, something has been built here to keep it in. Yeah. 
Uh, and we run into our main NPC of this, um, this guy named Laria, Larius. Larius. Uh, we had to camp out on this guy. Larius? <laughs> yeah. That's pronounced? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had to camp out on this guy for a second. Um, <laughs> he looks like uh, the clone of Dean. He that's does. That's made out of all the Dean corpses. He does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's he's balding in the weirdest spots. He has <laughs> this real mange. weird zombie. <laughs> he's got a lot of weird mange. He's got this really weird zombie gait. Uh-huh. Uh, that he has, like, I kind of hate Larias. Um, <laughs> I like Larias. Uh, yeah, it was. I was really over Larias every time he showed up to kind of like hint and limp. Yeah, I was like, like, this is dumb. Ooh, I am here a lot. Uh, <laughs> Nobody goes to the old <laughs> hawk place. Yeah. Uh, so what Larias is? Uh, Larias was a, a a gray warden leader. Uh, gray wardens, you know, in order to become, in order to fight the dark spawn uh, without being corrupted, they need to go through this uh, this ritual where they drink dark spawn blood uh, and kind of like take the taint it, it take the taint into them. Uh, this is something that gives them nightmares, like the arch demons call to them from beneath the ground, um, and like no gray warden dies in their bed. If, if they live long enough, they eventually hear the calling and they wander off and go into the deep roads um to be with the dark spawn uh and they turn into something called a ghoul uh down here mm -hmm. this is what larias is larias has been called down here uh by by corypheus we're going to learn um and he is fully ghoulified but he has kind of retained he's retained more consciousness uh than uh than, than, than most will and he is here to speak to us in riddles you know telling us that really the you know the, the only way out is down and through the heart so yeah. you know, there's no there, there's no sense trying to open the door that locks behind you. Like we're gonna, you, know, you the only way out is through, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, he says that uh, Crypheus is something more than human and more than Darkspawn. And Andrew says like, oh, he's like an emissary, like yeah. the boss of Awakening, um, who is a cooler character uh, than Crypheus, <laughs> at least in this game. Right. Um, so we start. Uh, we get this key. I can't remember where he picked this up. I think like it was what you got from the from the second in command was uh, the like that like that staff that you get. So it was it was a dagger for me, and I was already equipped with it. Oh, it just okay. replaced one of my weapons arbitrarily. Huh? Yeah. So for me, it was a, um, yeah, for me it's a staff. I forget where you get it. Um, but yeah, you go and you have to use it to break these seals, and each seal that you break gives you um uh one of four choices that you can make in order to like customize what kind of special weapon it's going to be. Yeah, which is a cool idea. Um, it made me wish I had done this earlier because yes. it would have been fun to have this weapon earlier when I didn't have so many things that basically outclassed it. Yeah. Um, when you break these seals, you also fight a demon. Right. Um, here and the upgrades are not very meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like it's like plus two percent crit chance. The meaningful like one is like shit. like what kind of what kind of status effect do you want those to inflict? So like you can for me it was good to add stun to it, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's there's it's not totally meaningless, but there it's not huge game breaking stuff either. Right. Um, I also did these in the different order. I thought this was the final one mm. because it seemed like the one that was more important to the story. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit underpowered, and I was a little bit overpowered. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, taking Anders with you in this quest is good because uh, mm -hmm. you get some bonus content. Um, you know, he is a great warden. So he starts hearing voices and hearing the call, um, making him susceptible on the same way Larias is. Um, this will end up with a, a special scene that you only get if you take him with you mm -hmm. um, a little bit later. Yes. Uh, while you're down here, they introduce another another new enemy type. Uh, it's a new Darkspawn enemy. Uh, this is Genlock Alpha. 
Uh, it's a large enemy mm-hmm. with a shield. Um, and you will be surprised to hear that you cannot do much damage from the front, but if you busy him with another character, you can get around behind him and attack from behind. That is the most basic video game combat idea, but it is much, it's, it's very it's welcome. Than the no idea, yeah. you know, <laughs> that a lot of the characters have in this. Yeah. Um, these were, these guys were great, but they were like, they feel like they were made for rogues. Yeah. Uh, cause you have that backstab attack which will just teleport you behind the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to do my assassination, but these were like priority targets cause they're nasty. Yeah. Weird little detail. Um, their shield is lining all of the corners in this dungeon. Oh, I don't know if it's just a reused asset or if that's intentional, hmm. but the same thing as their shield is like almost on every corner. I didn't notice that the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Right before the third seal, Anders collapses. Uh, the voice is trying to take him over. Um, Justice counters it, but then we have to subdue, subdue Justice. Yep. Um, doing this little bonus fight, uh, you know, three-on-one bonus fight, gives you a uh, an item for Anders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's nice. Uh, I, I like that just occasionally your friend your friend starts to glow and you have to hit him until he doesn't. <laughs> stop, stop it. <laughs> um so after you do this larias warns you saying hey we have some gray wardens who have breached the perimeter you know they've got their own special gray warden door um he says do not trust them they are agents of corypheus they want to bring him they want to bring him the light uh this you know goes against what you would expect the gray wardens like yes they are like the brotherhood of steel they're like they're not looking out for like the good of everybody they're doing kind of their own thing but you would expect mm-hmm. the gray wardens to be here to put down the ancient threat that Larias is talking about and you would expect Larias to be the one who is interested in waking it up yeah yeah um so we we they show up here they're around a corner and they're like oh you're here uh, <laughs> malcolm hawk made sure this prison withstood some terrible accident you know, your dad mm-hmm. uh, did this. And that's why you can unseal the the things. Um, their leader is senior warden Jenica. Um, she explains that Malcolm was brought in to use his untainted blood to reinforce these seals. And right. that needs to be done every once in a while to kind of re-up your anytime bloods. <laughs> yeah, to keep the seals going so whatever is in here uh, cannot get out. Uh, she starts explaining that the old wardens were wrong. Uh, she says that Corypheus is an opportunity and not a danger, um, you know, and they're down here uh, to speak with him because he is this emissary, because he is this thing that is in between. Um, she believes that it can be reasoned with um, and that, you know, it, it will go back and we can start actually like learning what the dark spawn want and what the arch demons want and stuff like that. And Anders, if you have him here, he'll recognize like, oh, fuck, no. Uh, that the architect did, again. That, yeah, that didn't yeah. work last time. Let me tell you the tale of the architect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but she says she can do it because she has a spell to bind. <laughs> I'm <Corypheus>. special. <laughs> I'm special because I can deal with the demon. Uh, uh, Dragon Age 2.text. <laughs> Lariah shows up and says, no, 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 don't trust him. They're under Corypheus' sway, not like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones that sent the card here to bring you. And Janica's like, yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. And I don't know who's signing with Janica <laughs> at this point. Again, this is a choice, but, like, what's up? Yeah. Like, who, who's doing that? Uh-huh. So it gives so, you a choice of who to side with, and then it gives you new information to kind of test that. I side with Larias. Um, mm-hmm. and Janica immediately six more card of people on me. We get into, like, like this puzzle room fight where there are, like energy beams that periodically turn on and off um and mm-hmm. afterwards you have to like 
turn these devices to make these two energy beams join. It's real perfunctory and real Zelda-y. I think that it was just put in here because, like, what is a dungeon crawl without some bullshit like this? We had to have some kind of puzzle yeah. in this whole game, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, it's real limp. It's not Towers of Hanoi, luckily. Yeah. Um, we run into uh, the Wardens again. Janica uses magic to revive a dark sta- Darkspawn warrior. A bunch of mages that buff him and protect him with magic. So we do this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little side quest here where you can uh, do a tribute to Dumat. Oh, that yeah, one of the, the old gods. The yeah, the like the ancient god who was built down here. Uh, is that where you get the uh, how you get the like optional boss fight or whatever? No, um, you get that through upstairs, like in one of the Carta areas. There's an orb yeah. you can pick up, and then you bring it to an older Carta area. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that optional boss fight until today. I was researching this, and I watched it on YouTube. Uh-huh. It is the second dragon fight in Dragon Age 2. Oh. Um, it looks like a real nightmare. Huh. Um, I mean, so it's it like, really, really tough. Is it like a straight-up, like, dragon fight, or is it like the dragon fight from the, you know, that we just talked about, where he goes away midway and summons summons buddies? It's a, it's a mage that summons buddies who then turns into a dragon. Gotcha. Um, he summons, like, this absolutely ridiculous number of skeletal archers. Huh. Um you know, up there, uh, mm. the, the YouTube I watched of it was somebody beating it on nightmare mode without pausing. Oh, and I didn't realize like no pause was a like category of dragon age Two challenge stuff, but I guess weird. Huh? Yeah. That'd be really frustrating because I'm, I'm almost always trying to like use skills that are not in characters, hot bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I pause all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, you can do that. You can also just defile his uh thing like he's an old evil god yeah, and uh, yeah. nothing happens hmm. you just get xp yeah for doing it so yeah so you reach the prison tower and janica says hey uh it's too late we've already done what we're here to do and also uh it's kind of funny that you sided with Lorias, given what happens you know back when your dad was involved uh your dad didn't have a choice about whether or not to cooperate we found him we knew he had the ability uh Lorias, as the leader of the gray wardens took your mom hostage while you while she was pregnant with you and threatened to kill her if, if malcolm didn't cooperate yeah uh which would seem like the kind of thing your mom might have brought up yeah that's like point, hey remember the time that life, i was kidnapped <laughs> yeah you, you I, were there I, I don't i don't want to make a habit of it or anything but just look out in case i get some roses you know yeah. um so yeah. this this allows you to change your mind but also like you know janica's a, a monster and she's yeah. trying to make a deal with the demon which the whole game has taught me doesn't work yeah i'm, so like, I'm like okay, okay like that we'll sucks that sucks but that was a long time ago that doesn't change who's right about this demon so i i guess i'm gonna stick with my guns yeah 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 um we fight them it's fine uh, you go break the last of the seals to free Corypheus in order to slay him. And he appears and he's just disoriented. Yeah. Um, he's an incredibly old looking kind of like half darkspawn guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about things that like, as if we are in the ancient to Yes. Um, like he's like, Oh, like, you know, no matter who you are, you'll bow to a magister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he prays to Dumat, one of those old gods uh, who became an archdemon. Um, and basically this is a big dragon age lore bomb mm-hmm. um one of these stories that the chantry tells um about how the dark spawn showed up was that mad mages went into the golden city of the maker 
mm-hmm. and we're cursed. Uh, Anders thinks this is just propaganda. Like, oh, of course, like it's on the mages. Yeah. But this is basically saying, no, it's true. Yeah. Like we um, led this expedition and we got this power, but I was, you know, basically I am this way because of what happened there. Like this is an actual historical fact. It's not a fable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the idea behind a bunch of people finding the city of God and coming back cursed. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Love it. Uh, I wish Generally? it was more in the forefront of dragon age lore. Yes. Agreed. You know? Like I'm into that. The mm-hmm. golden city of the maker. Like that's a cool idea. We yeah. just don't spend very much time on it in the dragon age lore. Yeah. And you know, so I never did this DLC before doing inquisition. Corypheus is the, is the big bad of that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I had until the DLCs, which the real bit bad. Right, right. I I had like (laughs) trespasser. I had no, uh, you know, like I had no recollection of him, be like of anything about him. And I saw this, and like it kind of like tempted me to go like check out Inquisition again, or at least read about it, because this seems like fucking necessary context to understand, Mm -hmm. like this this evil guy who just kind of comes comes out of nowhere. If you're playing Dragon Age Inquisition, having only played the main game, it's a little bit like going to play uh, Dishonored 2 without having done the uh, the DLC for Dishonored 1 to have yeah. information about, you know, who Delilah, Delilah is. Yeah. 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 You know, see, like the the idea of DLCs as something that's actually like pretty necessary yeah. in the sequel is like feels relatively new, but it's not uncommon. Right. You know, Dishonored, uh, Bioware does it. Yeah. Frequently. Um, yeah. It's a weird move. Uh huh. Um, but, but yeah, it's God, true. Like New Vegas, uh-huh. where like the conclusion of the arc of your character arc, <laughs> yeah. you know, all the, the stuff the courier happens in that. Uh huh. Um, so this is a set piece battle, multi phase set piece battle with very Zelda y. Like he has these glowing plinths around him uh, that are feeding him energy. You have to go smash them uh, while he is rotating uh, fire beams. Yeah around uh in a, a the cardinal directions um this was frustrating to me because my guys kept dying to it same um they would not stay out of the fire so eventually i just control alt you know, control mm-hmm. my whole party and just babysat them the entire time yeah um this ended up being a huge like gameplay you know bummer to me because it it wasn't very fun like Going through, you know, they complicate it after you t- kill more of the seals. Like, you have to avoid these beams of fire, but there are rocks in the way. And then there's lightning between the rocks. Yeah, then there's icicles stuff. falling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he does all the elements and stuff, but it's so gamey. Yeah. For, like, this character who's supposed to be one of the original Tevinder mages who, like, came back <laughs> from the City of God walking backwards, you know? Like, I just, I was expecting this to be not quite as gameplay.gameplay uh-huh. as it is. Yeah, I welcomed the additional um, the the additional uh, kind of like complication there because uh, mm-hmm. again the fights need variety um, and this was something that was not quite. I'm gonna go away in the middle of the fight and have you um, have have you you know do damage to my, to my ads. yeah to my ads. Um, Here's my shitty friends. Yeah, I just wish that the uh, that the pathing was better because like it's not like they can't do that. Remember the boss in the deep roads where you have to like hide behind the pillars so the light doesn't shine mm-hmm. on them. Like they generally know how to get out of the way of that. Yeah, I also had that problem yeah. where they they just didn't have any like sense of self preservation. I got through it by healing constantly <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because the console doesn't really give you a lot of easy uh, access to those move all commands. Yeah. 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 Ah, oh, man. Mm. Uh, you eventually kill him. You just wear down his big health bar. Right. Uh, you you finish him off. Um, 
as you walk away, Lorias greets you. Uh, he's talking really strangely. Um, Corypheus, like, gave him a little nod mm-hmm. beforehand, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he he's, thinks speaking you for in, he's speaking in Corypheus's voice, doing a, an impersonation of Lorias. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very obvious. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the interrogation. Uh, Cassandra says that uh, when the Chantry, Chantry went to the site of the prison, everything was destroyed. Right. And she does not believe the Hawk was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get a little scene if your uh, sibling is alive uh, back at the house. Um, I talked with Carver about Malcolm, about mm-hmm. dad. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we have basically some dialogue options about how to process this. And I say, like, oh, you know, he'd want us both to move on. Uh, but yeah. then Leandro... if, uh, Carver's dead. You talked to your shitty uncle. Oh, fun. So, <laughs> your, yeah. your shitty uncle who hated your dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yes. uh, and then afterwards, Leandro pulls you by and says, Hey, we'll always be family. Even if I get my head cut off. <laughs> so she's like a force ghost at this point, right? Yeah, no, she is. She's Fuck, like a I forgot about that. I didn't make a note yeah. of her being a ghost. She's totally dead by this act. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a ghost. You can do this before she dies. Yeah. You can do the DLC earlier, I think. Uh, but yeah, she's, uh, she's a, she's, she's a ghost who tells you that she'll always be with you. Yeah. Um, you carry you the know. best part of all of, uh, of, of all of our family. Just like I was used as the, as one of the best parts of that one lady, that mage was trying to revive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Um, and that's the end yeah. of that. Uh, setting us up for uh, Dragon Age Inquisition in a way that feels necessary, like necessary context. Uh, you know, it doesn't feel as necessary. Yeah, um, the Mark sequel of... to the fan film Dragon Age Redemption, Mark <sighs> of the Assassin. Yeah, we, we mentioned it earlier. So if you want uh, context for one of the characters here, uh, go and uh, check out this month's episode of Adaptation Decay, where we talk about Dragon Age Redemption, the web series that has been compiled into a uh, compiled into a video compiled into a movie uh a dragon age yeah. movie this isn't the anime uh this is the live action no. one yeah yeah it's experiment <laughs> so um, bad you guys <laughs> this dlc isn't so horrible or anything right but like, the you know what this uh is a shitty version of um wine and blood oh yeah like you go do court politics in france oh, blood and wine yeah blood okay. and wine yeah yeah uh, this is a shitty version of Blood and Wine. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, so it opens up. Uh, Cassandra is yelling at Varric for not telling her him the her the whole truth. Of what happened with the Arashok? And she says, hey, I know there's somebody named Talus. And Orlay became furious with Kirkwall after that. And he goes, well, I guess I'll tell you that part. Uh-huh. Um, we start with Varric leading Hawk and his team to this meeting place in Hightown. No one's there. Um, and they say, like, oh, this is probably going to be an ambush. Then mm-hmm. it is an ambush. But who comes but our Mary Sue character, uh, Talus, the Elvis, yes. elven assassin, mm-hmm. um, takes out all of the Antiven crows who would have got you. Uh, very Felicia Day energy. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, she comes down and quips and kills everybody without having any real problem with it. Uh, this character is voice acted by Felicia Day and also modeled off of her in a way to yes. make her look like Felicia Day, uh, who is a person um mm-hmm. and looks like a person here in a way that no other character model um especially the companions looks like a person like it yeah. it, it, it draws a real line and shows how important like f- feature distortion is to like give 3d models a uh uh you know an actual like look and aesthetic to them she is especially corpsey here uh in a way that yeah. triggers my uncanny valley response that in a way that usually does not get get triggered 
mechanically, uh, we've had a dual wielding rogue and a ranged rogue. Mm-hmm. But what if we had a dual wielding rogue that was ranged? Mm-hmm. She has all the same skills as like basically an assassin, but she throws her daggers. Yes. Um, is her whole kind of gimmick. And she's a, a companion you can only have for this uh, this quest. And then she leaves. Yes. Um, so she hears that, heard that Varric's friend was going to extend you an invitation to this Orlesian party at the nearby Chateau Hain. And she says, hey, like, accept that invite. Um, mm-hmm. And help me steal this jewel that belongs to me. Right. Um, which I decided to do because I was doing the DLC. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board. <laughs> I, need yeah. to, I need to play as a curious person. Uh, so we get a motion comic cutscene setting this up. Uh, this jewel that she is having us go after is called the Heart of the Many. Uh, and she talks about all of the security measures at this chateau, which belongs to an Orlesian uh, duke named Duke Prosper de Montfort. Which is a very mm-hmm. good uh, name for yeah. uh, an aristocrat. Prosper is a good first name. Yes, um, but you get there. You're outside of the uh, outside of the keep. In order to get in, you need to kind of like participate in the festivities. And what they're doing is uh, they hold a wyvern hunt. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're 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 just they, there's a wyvern out in the out in the woods, uh, and made the best man win. Yep, go get him. Yeah. Uh, and this is feels like a direct call like of there being too many indoor environments yeah dragon age 2 like this is a big two-part outdoor environment mm-hmm. um with like a little side quest and stuff this feels like they're they're answering criticisms of the main game yeah yeah um there are a couple little side quests you can do uh one is called the sky cult uh, where there's this scholar that you have to rescue from ghast uh who are these new <laughs> little critter they're, they're, they're so goofy well why they're are little, they so goofy carrie little bub- they're little bubbas yeah they're, they're just little nuggets um, he was looking for this altar built by the sky cult and he gives you these papers, uh, and you can go and, uh, do this now. You can do this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, this boss fight for me was harder than anything else I did in the game. This was a bonus boss, <laughs> the arcane horror, yeah. like the sky master or whatever you get here. Like yeah. it could basically, I mean, for you, was he handing out instant death coupons yeah. for everybody? Yeah. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Like I was like, like, <laughs> Like everything in this game is balls easy. Uh-huh. Why is this guy not? Um, I ended up actually turning the difficulty down because I was sick of Dragon Age 2. Yeah, yeah. At this point, like I was just like, I just need to get through this. Um, this is an optional fight. You don't have to do it if you don't take their like artifact or whatever. If you just take their treasure, uh-huh. it doesn't appear. Right. So you can just show up there and just take the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, this is really, really hard boss fight in a really small arena. Yeah. Pretty rough. Um, uh, yep. there's another side quest here the missing hounds. Uh, there's this hunter that you find who is missing his dogs. Uh, he had sent out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find one that has been poisoned and then go back and report to him where his dog is. Uh, there's no other resolution. Uh, there's no resolution besides, yeah, there's a, there's that, you know, your dogs that, over here. Yeah, there is. Is there, uh, if you, yeah, if you gather, there's a guy, um, at the camp who tells you about a cure for the wyvern poisoning. Okay. If you go and get all the ingredients for that, you can cure the dog. Oh, well, I feel like a dick. We have to do it before you find the dog, though. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I didn't do it either. I just read about it. Yeah. The Um, basic concept of this is going around picking up, like, reagents to summon a wyvern, and depending on how many you get, you get a different size of wyvern. hmm. Um, You can fight a regular wyvern, or you can fight a super wyvern. Uh, This uh, changes the reward you get. 
Um, and the wyverns are, again, they're introducing some much needed enemy variety. Uh, the ghasts are not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these guys, uh, you don't want to be in front of them because they spit poison. Yes. And the poison is really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about flanking yep. uh, them. They are fine and fun. Yeah, it's a good fight. Um, I'm happy that you don't just do one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but afterwards, uh, like Count Pernicious Quizzling or whatever, <laughs> uh, shows up and it's like, that was my kill. I, mine. I paid to rig yeah. this. It's mine, mine, mine. It's like yeah, uh, a little richy uh, rich. It's like, it's like Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Francis shows up in his gigantic <laughs> bathtub. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he attacks, uh, and just, you know, you win the fight just in time for Prosper to show up and say like, no, no, you killed the wyvern. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to kill the cheater or leave him alive? If you leave him alive, you have to fight him later. Yeah. Yeah. But I left it up to Prosper. Like, uh, it's your property as your game, whatever, (laughs) you know, instead he just gets kicked off. Uh, but this lets you go into the mansion, uh, for kind of your high court intrigue and subterfuge, uh, kind of section of this. Yes. Um, you know, he shows you, he gives you a prize for the hunt, which is a wyvern leather belt. Depending mm-hmm. on the size of the wyvern uh, you killed, you get a better belt. Cool. Um, and he shows you Chekhov's pet wyvern. Right, right. Um, who will fire by the end of the DLC. <laughs> um, and then we're at like a party, like an religion culture party. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get the key. This is like a comic relief section. Yeah. Um, with plenty of adorable moments. Um, we are talking to people to try to uh, get the key and it's this running joke where you send in Talus, uh, while you distract people from outside right. to try to get this key. Yeah. Um, eventually like she tries to seduce the Duke's son, Cyril, but he is not taking the bait. So you go in instead, um, mm-hmm. because I was playing a female hawk. I think the idea was like, oh, he just doesn't like elves or whatever. I don't know what happens if you're, if you're a male hawk. But uh, but regardless, I end up like knocking him out just to take the key. So yeah, <laughs> oh whatever. We're gonna be out of here anyway. This is gonna turn into a this is gonna tur- turn into a disaster. Um, you go inside. You unlock the door here, and a guard is about to alert everyone. Uh, when Talus hits him in the throat with a knife, and then she immediately is regretful um, <laughs> oh, of having killed this person. And this introduces like the complication that they are trying to add to Talus's character. We have seen her kill everybody. You know, she is an assassin, right? She, you know, she's she's killed people in battle, but she is uh, distraught at the fact that if this could have gone another way, yeah. Uh, one of the ways it could have gone differently if she didn't throw a knife into his throat. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, cause it's not like there aren't like gases and poisons and non-lethal stun yeah. options and stuff in this game. Then in a totally perplexing move, we are in a long involved stealth section <laughs> where uh, you can choose, you can say you want the direct approach and just stay in the Dragon Age 2 engine, mm-hmm. or you can switch your character to this weird little like stealth character with cooldowns. <laughs> Yeah, your stealth abilities. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking weird. I so I was on one hand, like I chose this, like it gave me an option just to fight it through. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, some variety, cool. Yeah, um, forgetting that stealth in non-stealth engines is universally bad. It's pretty dumb. Yeah. It's not as bad as it could be. Like it's pretty gentle. Uh, like, yeah, the, like the checkpointing is really dumb. good. Yeah, checkpointing is really good. When you get spotted, you just show back up and Talus yells at you. Mm-hmm. Um, she can just teleport around. While you're doing this, you can be doing um, your side quest of this. Depending on which companions you bring with them, they all have a collect to quest. 
Yeah. In this, it's really weird, like, the way they did this. Like, they wanted to tie your companions into this, and every one of them has, like, six objects they want from this mansion. Yeah. And surrounding areas. So you can do that if you decide to. I only got a couple of the things, and I was like, I don't want to scour this thing and do more of the stealth than i have to yeah the idea of doing uh more of a scavenger hunt seemed tiresome to me so i left it be yeah yeah yep um but when you get to a certain point it doesn't you know oh there's like some weird puzzles to you what is the weird like the plate puzzle i, I forget it i didn't make a note of it yeah there's there's like a plate puzzle thing where you control talus and oh uh, yeah you've got, you've got to step on the pressure plates in order to open the, the gate forward yeah yeah, uh, not very particularly good. And yeah. you can do optional ones to get treasure and stuff. But like Dragon Age 2 has a trick. And when it doesn't, you know, I wanted to have more tricks. But when it does, it's non-tricks. They're not great. Yeah. Um, Duke Prosper gets the jump on you, though. He knew this whole time. Yeah. What were you doing? And he does the big reveal that is ruined in the first two seconds of the web movie. <laughs> uh, Talus is a Canari. Uh, uh-huh. It's a title, not a name. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, and the, 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 this calls, calls into, calls into relief something that it like is alluded to in the, in, in, in the base game, but is, you know, like we've never really like had to deal with a, with an end character that Kunari, like, yes, those big gray horned guys, we call them Kunari, but Kunari is a, is a religion. It's not just an, eth- yeah. an ethnicity uh or yes. a, a species i don't know in this uh she is a an elven worshiper of the kuhn um and uh the duke here l- l- the duke lured her here so b- before the target could arrive uh and now he'll throw us in the dungeon no but like her actual target has never been in danger which is like wait a minute what the jewel was on its way we need to have some talks yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> when you get put thrown in the dungeon, uh, she tells you about this and the heart of the many, this gem, uh, you know, is actually not the gem. It's this internal group that she's part of. Yes. The Ben Hazaret. Um, her target uh, is this guy named Salit, um, who's on his way to the Chateau to sell Kunari's secrets to the Duke mm-hmm. and their legions. And she's like, this will be a disaster, not just for us, but for everybody. Yeah. You know, who lives near the Canari, like, you want to help us with this. Yeah. So the idea is that, like, the names that he is selling are Kunari agents like her who are spread out throughout Chantry-held lands. And, yes, they are absolutely, you know, <laughs> working for the other side of this broader conflict. But, like, also there are friends and family on there. Like, innocent people are going to be hurt because of this. Like, we can't have that information going into the hands of somebody who is going to misuse it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you make a, you have an option here as well. Um, mm-hmm. you can either just fight through the regular dungeon or try to do a stealth thing. Um, and this determines, you know, when you fight guys, what? um, making a breakthrough. Yeah. Like there's a part where you can go back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird the thing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. Um, I, I didn't either. I went through the, the stealth option and mm-hmm. I imagine you do that because you know, even says like, we're going to be leaving the keep behind. If there's anything you want to get there, Yeah. if they're like the six swords you want to get for, you know, mm-hmm. Aveline, uh, grab them. I, I was, um, you could, I, I was I, like, yeah. I, I, I was kind of a little bit done with it because I ended up having that like long discussion with, uh, with Talos about the Canary religion where she, uh, is like completely insistent that is that, that, that it is better, but like brings up things that she contradicts constantly. Uh, yeah. is, is, is a thing about it. And like, just in a way that like, Oh, you, your beliefs aren't falsifiable. Like why the, why in the fuck am I siding with you? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think Talos is a very good character. No, no. 
Um, we leave the dungeons. We fight the Duke's bodyguard who got a weird intro mm-hmm. scene and stuff. Uh, and she's like, you can either leave or you can help me fight Salite, which I decide to do because yep. uh, it sounds like it's a bad guy. Um, you go out into the wilderness. The Bray Noble shows up again. You fight him. And then we fight this huge chain of Talvashoth on our way to get to the ruins to find the Salite. Um, when we get there, he is handing, the deal is already happening. Yeah. He's handing over the scroll to Prosper, who's really furious. Like, it's just a list of names, but he was told it was a weapon. Right. Not understanding. <laughs> Which is weird for an Elysian count not to understand, like, how valuable Spycraft the, the game. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Elysian game. The, yeah. The, one of the, the thing about Elysia in this Yeah, yeah. the one thing world. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I didn't call attention to it, but uh, like in the party, you can meet uh, Liliana. Now, now that you mentioned the the, the oh, yeah. game, um, Liliana and uh, and Talos have a past, but Liliana doesn't yes. doesn't reveal uh, what she knows uh, about yeah. uh, about Talos. Figuring it'd be more fun for us to for us to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's for our fan fiction to write. Right, right. Um, the uh, so they this conflict comes to a head. And we, uh, the fight begins because Prosper shoots Elite with this green substance mm-hmm. and his pet wyvern eats him. And then we get our boss battle yeah. uh, for this, which is Prosper and his wyvern and then Prosper riding his wyvern. Yes. Um, Prosper is able to use that like wyvern spit gun to like mark you as a target. Um, mm-hmm. And also it'll put like a little bit poison on you. This is pretty tough. Yeah. I, it ends up like depending on how you do it. Like if you get the spit on you, it's kind of a blessing because mm-hmm. uh, you run around oh, and yeah. your enemies will just plink. You know, like you will have the wyvern's total attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, so as long as you know not to stay still, if you like take control of whoever gets spit on. Yeah, and then yeah. don't stay still. Mm-hmm. Like it ends up being actually pretty easy. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, the it ends with a cinematic thing where he charges at you because uh, you have the spit and he falls on the edge of the cliff. You can actually make this happen during the battle as well. Oh shit. Really? To get a bunch of free damage. Nice. Yeah. Um, just kind of tore him off the end. Hmm. Um, yeah. regardless, uh, when things end, when you defeat prosper, um, he is dangling from a cliff. Uh, Talus has gotten the scroll of names and it's up to you to decide what to do with prosper. Um, uh, because I'm playing renegade Hawk. I just decided to stomp on his hands. He's like, Hey, he tried to kill me. Yeah. And also he's a noble. Yeah. So fuck him. Um, yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had him fall. Um, and then he, he falls and dies. Um, you know, Talus says, you know, sorry, to, to, uh, you know, deceived you. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the gem I was going to use as, you know, to play the part of the heart of the many. Right. Here's your reward. Um, the DLC ends back at the interrogation, uh, Cassandra asking ha- about Hawk, you know, and how he should be held responsible for the murder of the Duke. Uh, but then it is, re- uh, it would be revealed that the Orle is conspiring with the Canari. Yes. And that would be too much of a scandal. Mm-hmm. So uh, things need to stand as they are. And that's mm-hmm. the content in Dragon Age 2. Yeah. Um, I do not like uh, Heart of the, or Mark of the Assassin very much. No. I think Talos is lame. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, having watched the introduction, the redemption thing, made me think she was more lame. Yeah. Um, more inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And kind of less of a point to her. Um, Legacy, I think, is a little bit better, but I still didn't love it. Uh, partly because I was just kind of over Dragon Age 2. Like, yeah. it is better encounters, but also I was, like, a little bit done. Yeah, I did um, I did Legacy first, so I think that maybe having not gone through Mark of the Assassin and having, like, more win taken out of my sales by that point probably led to uh, led to me um, enjoying Legacy a little bit more. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that, you know, as you mentioned, that's Dragon Age 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, final thoughts. Um, I'm something that happens a lot on WAF for me mm-hmm. is we will do a, uh, a game and it is my chance to put it to bed. Yes. You know, uh, and that feels really good. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like, uh, you know, now I am done. Yeah. Like I, I probably don't have another playthrough of this game in me. Yeah. Uh, done. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be done. Um, I did enjoy it. I talked a lot of in the first episode about how it was like right game at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, more than anything, like I was just like, oh, I want to just let waves and waves of reinforcements wash over me while I go to quest marker to quest marker and watch numbers go up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that if I were in a different mode or a different mood, like I might've liked this a little bit less. Yeah. Um, well, and also you know, like it, the it right game the at the right r- time yeah. might not be that for the entire 40 hours of its run too. You know, that's the thing too. Yeah. Like, I mean, like my, my play clock for this was like 55 hours mm-hmm. with the DLCs. Um, and I definitely lost steam around act three before the DLCs. Yeah. You know, and then Act Three just has that big parade of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Like, glad we did it. I do like this game. I had fun, but I'm yeah. okay saying goodbye. You know, and also like I'm happy that it, you just if if all we talk about in Dragon Age is this, I think this is the interesting one to talk about. You know, I don't think yeah. that you know I I would really love to talk about Awakening, and I think that you know to do that you need to talk about the main body of Dragon Age Origins. So like mm-hmm. that you know that that is not cut off. And, like, I'm in this weird spot where, like, I, I kind of want to, like, you spend a little bit more time in this world. Like, I want to, like, look at more details and stuff about it. But, like, that's not manifesting as wanting to play another game. That's, like, manifesting as, like, poking around on wikis and on TV tropes and stuff like that. But, like, mm. something that has been called into relief, you know, working this into plugs for, you know, what's coming up next or whatever, is that, like, I don't know, going back into the Forgotten Realms immediately after being here does does bring into relief some things that are really true about both settings (laughs) well it it had the opposite effect for me like playing this did not make me more curious about dragon age it made it like put into relief a lot of things i don't like about this world yeah like it is too simple the conflicts on offer are not complex or interesting enough i definitely agree to you know and as i was just kind of like yeah fuck this is it made me like origins and inquisition less yeah just kind of taking this closer look at how they do the world. I know those are different games that deal mm-hmm. with those conflicts in a different way, but like origins does the same thing where you just go to four different hubs and deal with the four different, four <laughs> of the six different aspects of the world. Right. You know, um, yeah. it just, it's just kind of lame. Like mm-hmm. the forgotten realms is cooler and better. Yeah. Like I basically have discovered that I have an infinite, uh, an infinite appetite for forgotten realms. Like just, so I guess I can make my point a little bit more, a little bit more clearly. Like it, you know, whenever I do anything in forgotten realms, I immediately want to, I immediately want to jump into it and, um, you know, go and read the books and, like go 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 and like fire up source books and stuff like that and like read you know <laughs> basically just like go and engage with the actual text whereas like dragon age i feel pretty comfortable just kind of like poking around the aggregated uh kind of like just you know secondary content that brings everything into like a list form so i can so i can see the choices that they made that are different than you know forgotten realms you know which this is very clearly based on in addition to some other things um you know, and like I don't have the I don't have the appetite or patience for this in a way that I do 
you know, for Forgotten Realms. For Forgotten Realms. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that may just be like, you know, nostalgia because, you know, Forgotten Realms is such a formative setting. But I also think that there's just so much variety and cool stuff to Faerun that is not here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a richer setting. Yeah. Um, you know, I am not opposed to doing Dragon Age Origins or Awakening at some point down the road, but I I think yeah. these are it is Bioware is tough on me. Yeah. You know, because like two years ago we did Baldur's Gate 2. Mm-hmm. You know, or three years ago or whatever. God. Uh, you know, we, we did we did that a while ago. It and it's like it's such a yeah. fucking good game. Uh-huh. You know, and like this is just not that. Right. Um, you know, and it was it was so hyped as such. This also the other thing that doing this made me think was like wanting to get another WRPG onto the schedule. Cause I'm thinking about next year and it's like, there's like six things I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, like there's all these like big franchises we haven't touched. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like, we got that fallout four episode coming at some point. I really want to do divinity original sin too. Yeah. Um, there's like a bunch of classics and stuff. And I just like, mm-hmm. man, like imagining not getting to fallout four until like 2025 or something, <laughs> you know, they're just like, there, there are big games that are, you know, even though they're just basically not even really role-playing games, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Oblivion or what have you, um, that, like, putting them off as once a year is rough stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like we blew our load. Well, I mean, I'm all, yeah. It's just, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough when the games are so big that you can only carve out a certain number, you know, a certain number of them in a year. Because, yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I'd love to talk about, uh, you know, Tides of Numenera. Like, that'd be cool. yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, you know, that, that's like a really interesting game. Yeah. That's not fully a success, but that'd be a really cool episode and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, there's no governing body. There's nothing to stop us from doing that other than not wanting to spend too much time on one game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see if we end up feeling yep. like that. So, nothing is written. Well, I mean, except yeah, for the next nothing. couple of months of the schedule on the show, but you know, yeah, like, there are things <laughs> that are, but yeah. it's not specifically written. Right. So, um, thank you, Mitch. Thank you for uh for patronizing this episode we really appreciate you Mm -hmm. um if you want to patronize an episode um or get episodes a week early or get bonus shows uh such as adaptation decay which Mm -hmm. we mentioned a few times in this episode yep head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeed tv yeah join Um, us at five dollars a month you will get access to the full version of each of our premium episodes uh, usually uh, on the public feed, everybody gets uh, the uh, you know, everybody will get the uh, kind of generalities, uh, and the whole show is for people who uh, you know are, are members of the Patreon there. Uh, so that's how you'll get to hear all uh, all of the discussion about Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which is the premium episode for this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it would be great mm-hmm. if you did that. Yeah. Uh, you can also leave us a ratings reviews on Apple podcast. Um, you can, uh, tell your friends. Yep. With the show, um, on early release and I think regular release, uh, when this comes out, uh, you'll be able to listen to duck stream. Definitely yeah. on early release. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. It's, it's both of them. So duck stream is happening, uh, from December the 18th, uh, to the 20th. That is a 48 hour stream. Uh, our seventh annual um, stream mm-hmm. to benefit the Transactive Gender Project that provides uh, resources and education to trans youth and their families in the or- uh, Portland, Oregon area. Yeah, or uh, all over. All over. Okay. You know, cool. uh, specifically in uh, in Portland, but mm-hmm. uh, they do have help and trainings and stuff. Yeah. Um, elsewise, uh, they're great. 
Mm-hmm. And it is going to be a really, really fun time. It always is. Um, we're doing this one a little bit differently than past years, as opposed to doing uh, 24 hours each. We're doing two sets of 12, mm-hmm. so we don't die. Um, <laughs> West Coast is doing the uh, night shift. Uh, Midwest and Cole and friends are doing the uh, day shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a bunch of cool, fun stuff planned. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be playing Echo Night Beyond, which is a FromSoft survival horror game that uh, not a lot of people have uh you know, dug into, so that's going to be good. Uh, what's a highlight thing that you're going to be doing over on uh, over at nighttime? Uh, Brayden Cameron is running a game of Vampire the Masquerade. Ooh, shit! Uh, for us, nice. um, we're going to be doing more Baron Munchausen, like some more tabletop stuff. Um, Nick is playing Bloodborne for the first time. Oh, dang! Really? He's never played it. Man, yep. What a lucky dude! So <laughs> to play that game yeah, for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Imagine. Um, you know, so he's going to do uh, that for the first time. Um, I'm going to check out the uh, Dark Souls roguelike mod mm-hmm. um yeah it's gonna be good times had by all yeah uh gonna have a teenage dirtbag segment and then like our normal uh you know jackbox and probably like regular human basketball and shit like that nice so yeah, yeah. fun times yep so go to uh duckfeed.tv slash duckstream to get information about that but on the on the you know when the <laughs> when the event is going it'll be at twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv the uh the network's twitch channel um mm-hmm. yeah on the early reset, early release episode, there is still time to write in about Dragon Age 2 and Baldur's Gate uh, Dark Alliance. The deadline for that is the 15th of December. Go to duckfeed.tv slash contact um, by December 15th. Or um, if you have thoughts about January's games, which are Return of the Oberdin, Enter the Gungeon, or Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, the deadline there is uh, January the 15th. Again, at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yeah, and happy holidays. Yeah. Uh, regardless of if or what you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think we can all agree uh, that we uh, should uh, that we want you to be safe and to um, yeah. enjoy yourself whatever you decide to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should watch out for centrism. You should. Humbasa. Matthew Umbasa. McConaughey. Come on. <laughs>